This is the Post America Podcast. That's right, motherfucker. What the fuck you know about podcasting? This is our shit. Post America. Macho Black, Richie Crutch, Chrissy the Baboon. Post America Podcast, son. Download that shit, motherfucker. Okay, listen, everybody, we're on a special edition of the Post-America Podcast live in Switzerland with special guest Craig Satari of Sick of It All. What's up, everybody? Pelbu, singer, yeah, yeah. frontman of le- legendary Knuckle Dust. Ready. Ray, the drummer of many bands, Knuckle Dust, including what else, Ray? What else do you drum before? Argy Bargy. Argy Bargy, the outfit. Um, yeah. Lots of bands in the past. And also sitting loosely on, on the mic, but they could grab the mic here and there. We got Rusty of Strength. For a reason. There you go. And we got Wima, the tallest guitar player in the game. That's right. Strength for a reason. Thank and, you. of course, Chris Mavramatis, Baboon, behind the board. Okay. <laughs> now it's going to be a very noisy podcast. We got people playing games in the background. Evan's sleeping, as usual. But, uh... We're gonna get Joe. Joe cut out on us. Joe cut out. He might be back any time. He's doing something called rolling, which is feminine. We'll talk about that later. He's sweating with men, but we on got the ground hugging. S- not ground. all, but some of the members of Knuckle, Knuckle Dust. Later, we're planning to do an exclusive episode with just Knuckle Dust. Craig, if you don't know, Knuckle Dust has been around. 20, over 20 years I with the Dust. same lineup from I know beginning Dust to very, end. They play with us every time we play London. Has any other hardcore band been like that? One lineup from beginning to end, 20 years straight. It's a long time. That's a sign of good men, no? Yeah, it is. Okay. Crazy. Sounds like friendship. Oh. Knuckle dust out there on the road at the moment. We're both touring at the same time, but you know, we'll, oh, yeah? we'll go into huh? that later. Oh, that's I know. I know what you're talking <laughs> I about. Know about me I know what you're talking about. Project. But we're gonna get very, very uh, detailed with knuckle dust on the next one. But for this one, they're gonna chime in just because they're smart men. Okay, that's Luke yelling in the background. Craig, let's start with you. What you've been up to lately? Last two or three years, we've been on tour pretty much the whole time. So uh, I've been on the road a lot. And um, a little bit of time off, which isn't much. I'm just trying to uh, keep my personals going together, you know? And you've been on the road celebrating what? Uh, well, it was, it was originally a 30-year anniversary. Now it's like up around 32, but yeah. 30 years of this band. Yeah, yeah. Crazy, Unbelievable. How much longer could you do it before you drop dead? Forever. <laughs> I don't on. see why it has to ever stop. You're getting really old. Well, you know, I'm doing all right. You look you look your age. I mean, you're right up in there. <laughs> I can still put on an energetic performance. I can still play. You know but what listen. I mean? listen. <clears throat> I can't jump as high as I used to because I'm going to ask many you some questions. But whatever. I can I'm still gonna keep it going to ask you some questions about your band. Of every release you played on, in Sick of It All, which is your favorite release why is it your favorite release it's hard to say it's i really can't pick one but i'll tell you like overall sound wise i like the way that uh that record we did where we redid all the old songs i like the way that came out because it was just us playing pretty pretty live and it comes off like <coughs> very authentic to what did we sound you do it like live <coughs> uh we didn't do it fully live but we like you know, we all were in the same room playing. We overdubbed a couple things, you know, if there was like a little slip up. But it was well, pretty that close sounds to real live. Good. When you do something like that, do you ever think of doing a brand new album with new material like that? Or would 
That'd be out of the question. Uh, I would love to do that, you know what I mean? But each guy has their own take on their own thing they want to do. Like, you know, and Armand goes first pretty much since he's a drummer. And yeah, but I thought you'd have to say you have the best resume in the band out of all the uh, guys. I mean. Well, whatever. I don't, but I'm just saying, like, you know, listen, I can't tell him exactly what to do. He's very meticulous, so he'll slow the process down and let go of everything with a fine-tooth comb and be real. I'm going to use the word anal about it. Because, That's a good word for Armand. Because he gets very, uh, you know, he, he, in my opinion, he's meticulous to a fault almost because sometimes he doesn't just let the shit fly and let it be natural. He tries to break it down to a point where you're pulling some of the... That live energy out of it, some of the juice. So, would you like him to take a back seat a little bit more? I'd like him to take a, more take, a, take a deep breath and and remember where he what he comes from, the old days of hardcore when you just let it rip. I wish he and was didn't here try to, to be too precise. But you know, I can't. You know, listen, I, I'm not saying that, I'm not saying it's terrible. I'm just saying a little bit of raw off the cuff adds a lot of flavor, in my yeah. opinion. No, no, that makes sense. So, if we go outside of sick of it all. You spent time in Youth of Today. You spent time in Agnostic Front. You spent time in Straight Ahead. Uh, you spent time in New York City Mayhem. Mm-hmm. What am I missing? Uh, Chromags, the Chromags thing. Recent Chromags. Creep, creep Division. Creep Division. Wow. Maybe there's, some, there's probably some other ones in there. I can't remember exactly. And recently I had a little debate with you. I said... Your best album, your best performance, One Voice by Agnostic Front, the greatest metal and hardcore record of all time, and you told me you didn't like it. You weren't uh, happy with that. Yeah, the bass sound on that isn't good. I don't like the production of it, and uh, it's just not, you know. I understand what the album is as far as the way it's written and the way at the time it came out. And in Europe, it's an impo- a very important album. I understand that. I'm not saying it's a bad album. <coughs> I'm just saying that doesn't really sound, it's not my sound. But when you say you just mean your specific bass, not the whole production of the album. The whole production of the album, I don't really, really? like. I don't really like the production of the album. I don't like the way the bass sounds. It doesn't Fuck. sound like me playing bass. Wow. I mean, it's not, I mean, you just can't hear it the way you're supposed to. When I play, I have a specific way I play and a specific sound that's well, not really two present band. on that album. It's a two-guitar band. That's one difference that would. No, be just listen. It, it, on the record, it just didn't. I didn't get my sound. wasn't there. The have sound that would get live. What, no? The sound that would get live, which is. With a two-guitar band, it'll be a little different than with a one-guitar yeah. band. I'll change it slightly, but it just didn't come off the way I would uh, have hoped. Man, that breaks my heart, man. Well, you know, that's my my opinion of it, you know? Like, I, you know, like it, it depends on different albums. Like, you know, these all the guys are sick of it all. They don't really like Call to Arms. I love it. I think it's a raw album, kind of recorded, kind of fast and hard. The bass sounds nasty. It's not, like, perfect, but it's it's it it has that, like I was talking about before, that don't overthink it element, which makes it nice. I see. Well, you, you mentioned Sick of It All. You mentioned Armand. You mentioned they like this. You don't like that. Let's say there was a civil war within Sick of It All. Every man for themselves locked in a 10 by 10 room. Who would walk out of that room? I would walk out of that room. Oh. But I think everybody else would walk out of that room, too. No, 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 no. no. Fisticuffs, I'm talking. No, come on. Stop. I'm what do you talking, mean? I'm talking about we wouldn't let it get to that point. We don't operate like ah. that. Dude, let's say you had no it choice. It don't go down like that. You had to do we that. We don't. That's listen. We have a rule in our band. Here's you're all blindfolded. We throw three rats and a snake in there. And you're you all crazy. You know crazy. what the key is to a band lasting? The rule is: no matter how mad you get, no matter what you say, no matter what goes down, you never raise your hand to your brother. You never physically hit another member of your band. Well, how no matter learn what. No matter what. You never do that, and the band can always continue. I think Richie's determined not for you to make thirty-three years. 
Yeah, yeah Richie, Richie's having no. his fun. Now, you guys, as a band, you never hit each other? Nah. You ever curse at each other? Yeah, all the time. All the time, yeah. <coughs> And that's why they lasted so damn long. And don't tell me that Weeman didn't bone every one of your girlfriends at one time or another. I mean, of come course. on. Standard. Yeah. <laughs> I think for me... That's why they're all dead now. Oh, shit. Like, we can all argue and disagree on something, but then a couple of days later, we get over it. Okay, we got to learn this, Chris. We got so to learn how to go. Egos. I think the, the secret is no egos. Yeah. No, you know, with both both of these well bands, said. we're talking about good men, good gentlemen. Armand's looking to grab a mic, it looks like. Armand, we're going to get him special one-on-one in a room, and we're going to talk, gonna talk about nothing but Sandy Hook. He's too busy with his soccer fantasy hanging out with, 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 uh, with, Armand. with Luke over there. So you guys in England, what did it mean? What did a band like Sick of It All mean to you guys in England as youngsters? Oh, I would say, yeah, if there was no Sick of It All, there'd be no knuckle dust. So they're to blame for everything. Blame for everything. You Blame keep, you for know. everything. That's good. <laughs> I just want to. Yeah, I want to say because me, Raymond, and Nikki, we all we all went to school together, and we used to always go to Nikki's house or Raymond's house and just hang out. And I'm, I remember watching sick of all videos and yeah. dancing around. It sounded really goofy, know, embarrassing. You now, were goofy kids. It's we all right. Yeah, we were goofy as fuck. Yeah. We used to dance around our fucking living room. To step down and scratch the surface. Yes. And to actually be sitting at a table with, with my man Craig wow. next. What wow. a guy. I know you hear that all the time, but I am a fanboy. I will it, tell I you that uh, Knuckle Dust are a great band and a, a fine bunch of men. And every time we play London, we request them to play with us. Yeah, I always, I always see that cool picture of you guys together on the couch. Is that the Underworld? Yeah, backstage. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I always see that cool picture. Gonna do a photo. I want to do it. Yeah. And it's a bit embarrassing to ask, isn't it? But we're like, no, it's we cool. Don't ever, yeah. If we don't ever do it, then guys are great, man. I'm down for that. Sure. That, that yeah. picture is up in my. I got a studio in my house, and that's up on the wall, man. Yeah. So when I'm trying to write new songs, that's my inspiration. I tried to do that with them too, but then Craig's like, talked to his manager, and this, and I was like, stop the <laughs> get the fuck out, dude. At the time, like, Singapore was already established that as we were kids getting into hardcore. So without that anchor that was there before for us to kind of have the guidance and, you know, obviously that was our, our vibe, our music that we were into. So, yeah. you know, Sigurd was one of the only bands out there that was coming to UK consistently over the years before we even knew what hardcore was as well. Yeah. So, you know, when we found that, that was it for us. So when you, when, you, when you call Sick of It All an anchor, is it also because they're getting older and fatter? <laughs> or, uh, <laughs> taking shots. They're, they're, they're in good shape, mate. No, they are. They're, 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 they're they've got more energy than a lot of the younger bands. <laughs> totally, I see young totally. bands standing still. And, you it's, know, you yeah. see a bit of all and it's, it's still, the energy's still there. I was watching them at Sound of Revolution and, and, and Pete, before they started officially playing, Pete looked like a dog that was uh, about to be let loose yeah. from a chain to fight another pit bull, yeah. looking at Arm like this. Ah, ah, ah. I used to you think, know, you know, before I met them, this guy's an animal. That, I used to think he was crazy. Yeah. Well, that guy's nuts. And yeah. When you see him, you know, in this situation now, in the yeah. afternoon, he's probably right. the quietest guy oh, yeah. he's, in the room. And he, he's the most stage, decent. He turns into a monster, yeah. just crazy. I want to know, like, what is your secret? Because a lot of bands that have been playing as long as you. There's live, you guys still have the same energy, you move around. How I think do you I, do it's coming from like the early hardcore scene, you know? It was like it was raw. It was it was hard. It was like street music. So like you you know, you're like your heart and soul was in it, so you give a hundred percent, you know what I mean? Listen, like we've been doing it a long time and things are a little different now in a sense. Like I've had a bunch of knee operations, my knees kind of fucked up. I can't really jump around like I, I 
used to, but the physical movement really isn't it. If you're into it, you know, you kind of you put it out. You know the deal. You get psyched. Yeah, yeah it comes across. <coughs> yeah. So there is no secret. Just the love. The secret is just be cool. Be cool with each other. And never raise your hand to your bandmate. And and uh, look at the band as the band is the bigger picture than your individual emotions. If you get a little butt hurt or whatever, you just keep moving. You know what I mean? Mm. Shit, I get mad at these guys all the time, and I'm sure they get mad at me. But we no, just keep we keep doing our business. You know what I mean? I mean, is it important to look after look after yourself off the stage as well? Yeah, yeah. You got you got to be fit. Like right, listen, I, I, I'm very seesaw like that. Like right now, I'm I'm heavy. My knee blew out. I had the operation. I couldn't get around for. You know, the last year and a half, two years has been like I'm hobbling around. But, you know, you try to look after yourself. Yeah. When I finally get a break from tour, I'm going to rehab my knee fully. But, like, we're always on tour. So we haven't really had the time to fucking, you know what I mean? Yeah. I grew, I'm growing this beard. I'm going to grow this beard, and it's not going to be shaved off till I'm 180 pounds and totally fit. Fighting that's your, fit. That's your rule? That's my That's my thing. Yeah. I like that. That's good. By that's the springtime, I'll be fucking fit. As as like crazy, and I'll have a beard down to my fucking stomach. <laughs> so we got to give you special props because you're a bass player. Bass players in hardcore don't usually get much props because they I play don't know. bass. O- old school bass players, bass was the main instrument in hardcore back ah. in the old days. Like who? In the early days? Who? It's bass and hardcore in general. Yeah, but who? Who? Name a guy. Uh, exactly. Okay. Exactly. I'm just not going to name a guy. Is what I'm not going to do. But there's a hundred guys I could name. And I'm well, not I want you to name a guy. I want you to name influential bass players to you. Non-hardcore, whatever. Geezer Butler. Geezer Butler, key. Okay. Geezer Butler, for me, the key heavy metal rock bass player. Uh, John Entwistle. Who's that? The bass player for the Who. Um, when I was real young, I used to. Uh, when I first started playing, I, w- I was really interested in the way all he played because he was like a lead English. bass player. You know what I mean? Yeah. Geezer Butler was like a lead bass player. Uh, James Jamerson, the 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 you know Motown bass player. Yeah. Uh, that he was a great great player, the godfather of bass. You know, not exactly the way I play, but you can learn a lot about your right hand and how your right hand moves from the way he plays. You know. Uh, now let me hear metal bass players. Uh, Lemmy. Lemmy. Lemmy's a great bass player. He, Lemmy, it's all attitude, you know what I mean? Daryl yeah. from the Bad Brains. Daryl from the Bad Brains. Yep. Any straight up heavy metal dudes? Uh, Steve Harris. Iron Maiden? Yeah, the first two albums I really liked with Paul Diano. They were more of like a punk metal band. You like any band. American guys? Jeez. Iron like. <laughs> Maiden's albums are always bass heavy. Yeah. Who can I think of? Uh, what's his name? The bass player for Aerosmith was really good. I have no idea who that is. It's harder. Now let's go within hardcore. Bass players that you respect. You like their style. You see something different in them. Because it seems like there's not a lot of, uh, you know, for bass and hardcore, guitar and hardcore, it's such a straight I like uh, Carl Alvarez plays for the Descendants. He's got a great right hand. He's a great player. Very different style than 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 my style, but uh, he's an excellent excellent player. He's got a great command of the right hand and the neck. Plays like plays like a Motown guy on on speed. Hmm. Carl, I know I, I don't know anything about the Descendants. Oh, honest. great band. Yeah. Now you sit next to a guy named Evan who plays bass. He's very robotic. What's his name from Black Flag? Great bass player. All kinds. This of This guy dudes. right next to you, though. Rate his bass. He's a good bass Be player. Be honest. He's a good bass player. 
He's a good bass player. He has a good understanding of equipment. Matter of oh, fact, we were having a talk the other day. Understanding and was, of equipment. I don't want to give away his secrets. But we were having a talk the other day about it. he uses a lot of pedals and shit. I don't really do that. I keep it pretty simple. Yeah. But we were having a talk about the way he has an overdrive pedal and the way he integrates it into his frequency band. The guy's really smart. Well, Chris was thinking about getting rid of And the way he did it made the bass sit in a way that was real nice and and you know it, very smart. The way you. Just in the mid frequencies, oh, mild. The top, props. this top still has its clarity. The bottom still has its roundness. That's very, very smart. If you're going to use a distortion pedal, now I don't technically, I don't know how you set that up because it's probably like a big pain in the ass with all the wires and you know it's like a. But he's he's got that like schematic thing going on in his brain, so he does that. I'm not quite as as technical like so that. So you used to say we should get Big Show back. Now you say no. <laughs> Shoot, the first that's the first real shot. That was the first no, real, just, real I'm shot. Just, I'm having fun with my friends. And uh, are you I mad love at, Big Show. I love Big Show. Are you mad at Joe right now? I wish Joe was here. You know, he's been, you guys have been saying I'm ducking and here I am and Joe disappears. It's like, what are I you doing, know. man? And it's kind of like. Joe, with, with Joe here, the pressure's off a little. Right now, I feel like I'm being interrogated at cops for a murder. What do you mean? I love you. You're my friend. <laughs> when this mic is off, you know you're my boy, right? Yeah, you've, sure. done, you've done some things that I won't mention for me. That have really, really helped me, and, and I don't know anything. Very much appreciate how you've looked out for me and helped me in situations. Well, I appreciate that. But, but uh, when the mic's on, you're a dangerous person. No, I'm just talking. I'm, I'm trying to think what the people want to know about this guy. If you can see the look on this we guy's face, we had you face on right like now, a, it's years priceless. ago, and we did it from your house. We ate pasta. It was macaroni. like five in the morning when we did yeah, that. Yeah, we did it. So I'm trying to think like what what should we cover on again? We covered the basic stuff about you, your band, your relationship with your band, your musician, your instrument, your influences, other other bass players you like. Now let's get on to some other topics. I'll give you some small shit. I bought a motorcycle recently. I've been I've been riding. The people don't want to know that. <laughs> all right, all right. Before this all started, we were having our own conversation. Yeah, Big Carl and we're talking about boxing. Our own. Well, that's like played. We always talk. We about talked that. about boxing a lot on the last one. We've had our own. Uh, debate. All right, all right, all right. Elbows on the table. Let's a lot go. of stuff with you goes back to. It's like a scrimmage. Aliens. Here. Scrum. S what? You said that, not me. Okay, so. I didn't say aliens. You did. You brought up the topic of Machu Picchu, the great city in the clouds located in Peru, Pelbu's home. How do you think this city? So high up on that mountain was built. I can't really say. Do you think it was built by man or with help from someone else to man? Commit. Say what you... I think the technology involved in building many of these uh, ancient structures is a technology that we no longer possess or is no longer public knowledge. Did man... Just man possessed this knowledge when it was built? I don't really know. I can't really say. But if you're asking me about life in the universe, I will tell you that the biggest dupe to humanity was the fact that people sit there and have a conversation with each other about how there's no life in the universe. That's an oxymoron because we're having a conversation. So how Is could there not really be life the in the universe? How many people? We got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight people around this table. Is there one person out of this eight that thinks there's absolutely no other life in the universe? None. Craig, I don't think that's an accurate statement. Who's saying that to you? Who is saying that stuff to you, that there's no life in the universe, and that's the greatest dupe? You were saying that to me earlier. 
No, no, no. I didn't say that. Yeah, see the look on this guy's face. He's a manipulator. I believe there's other <laughs> life in the universe somewhere. It's getting crazy. I just don't believe that it ever has traveled here. Okay. Okay. But for you to say that that's the greatest dupe. Do you know I what never Pan met Sperm? someone you know that what said this. is? Panspermia? Pan I'm not here to talk about pornography. Do you know what Panspermia is? I'm here to talk. Is? No, I don't know what Panspermia that is. Panspermia is a, a bacteria that that comes in from outside of... It comes in like dust like onto pollen? our planet. Like it comes in from outside of our planet onto our planet. A galactic pollen happens of sorts. all the time. It, 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 and it, it, that's life. Mm-hmm. Bacteria is life. So yeah, you know, life from the universe, from outside of our planet, falls onto our planet daily. Always right, Chris, has. Chris doesn't have a mic. But like, that's the thing. That's why Chris, it's the biggest dupe. About because panspermia? anyone that can think for themselves realizes that life in the universe is, is the one okay. thing that is guaranteed. Well, I'm not. I haven't defined it. I just talked about bacteria for now. Your, your lawyer's going at you. <laughs> Are you trying to say that that's some kind of like that was where life started? Well, that that could create certain little small. It could be a starting, a yeah. starting block. You know what I mean? Listen, a little piece of bacteria falls in the ocean. You know, it adapts and morphs. You know, the so specifics like, of it. It's like a pollen. Sort of. You're saying the earth was pollinated by this stuff. Uh, I'm not necessarily saying that. I'm saying that that occurs. Yeah. See, you're trying to draw a line, sort of like you know, religion versus evolution. But the two go hand, like the two go hand in hand. The the the, the, the these divisions that man puts in, all it does is confuse people. It's a way to keep people off the 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 root reality of the fact that life is the the life the only thing that is is life and physical life is just a byproduct of consciousness so the physical life isn't even so important consciousness is the first cause the godhead if you will so you say mankind is putting up obstacles to deter us from the truth is that, is that what you i'm said? saying it's sort of in man's nature to do that we are sort of like uh we, don't, there, is there we one, don't have a lot of wisdom. We love to argue. We're, we're yeah. a little fucked up. Totally. Is there one particular what punk thing? What all about, isn't it? Totally. You're right. But is there one particular thing that you think was implemented by some kind of shadowy elite group that is intentionally there to deter us from seeing a truth? Well, one I, particular thing. I would, I, I would, in my opinion, I would venture to guess. Now, I can't prove any of this exactly because the human needs this kind of weird scientific proof that can only be that can that when a scientist or the the powers that be say this is how it is then it's a fact but yeah they can also change that but you can't change that well, you, you're stuck you're stuck by by Chris's definition the archaeologist's definition of what's true well, and what's is it not a natural true. For because we that- love to bow down to authority and be controlled, but that's in our nature. Is, is it though. bowing down to authority or expecting that time committed into a certain trade, profession, or idea? Yeah, Chris is an archaeologist. Yeah, if that's what yes, you're trying to say. Yes, and he spent ten years. But I don't want to dwell on Chris right now. We don't. I was do. just using it as an example because he's a foot and a half away from me. Because we believe what he says what? is it us bowing down or us See, respecting his work. Do you want me to answer your work? question, Richard? Yes, please. <laughs> <laughs> What I think is that man being as shallow and manipulative as he is, and that's yes. based on the ego and the yes. fear that the ego brings, as opposed to the, as opposed to man's root nature, which would be to, to be at peace and one with his surroundings. But you know, in this physical world, we get corrupted with the with the, with the flesh. We get corrupted into yeah. this fear uh, because we don't recognize our true nature, which I believe is infinite and yeah. is based in consciousness. This material is just a, a perverted. Uh, 
Oh, there's Luke. I'm sorry, it's Luke with some weird contraption. That's called a selfie stick. What I think happens is uh, cycles happen on Earth and with humanity. Uh, populations go up and then they go down. Natural disasters, climate change, whatever, what, yeah. what have you. And I think that what happens is that uh, I think that at the current times we live, um, the last time there was a dip in population, I think that uh, knowledge, our birthright, knowledge of, of, of the universe and, and, and our history was sort of hidden from us by most probably a group of people that wanted to control and, and were, were nefarious. And I think that that is uh, the, the arrow that we've been living in for quite a few thousand years, probably since like the fall of, let's say, Atlantis. So you believe there was definitely an Atlantis? I do, yes. You want to know one of the main reasons I believe there was an Atlantis? Why? Because of Edgar Casey. E.C.? Yeah, Edgar Casey, the guy that travels outside of his body, the guy that used to go into trances and travel outside. So I'm of his giving body. you what you want right there. I'm telling yeah. you, yes, I, I I I study Edgar Casey and I believe I believe a lot of what uh, I, I appreciate his work. For yeah. people that don't know, could you describe how he would come up with these ideas? Edgar Casey was a man that was born in the late 1800s, lived until uh, the 40s, and he was like a. Uh, clairvoyant he would lay down on a couch and he would go into a trance and he would cure people of diseases he would tell people they had diseases he would tell people about what's going to happen in the future he'd tell them about their past lives what he was really doing was he was going into a meditative state and he was able to uh access the akashic records which are like the hard drive of the universe which is basically the echo of everything that's ever happened thought been said or what have you didn't he say he used to travel though and he would kind of tell people, oh, go into your medicine cabinet and look for the third bottle on the left. And didn't he have like yeah, a... Yeah, he he'd send people to the pharmacy and tell the guy to get a certain medicine. The guy would say he didn't have it. He'd say it's the third bottle on the now, left do you think behind this and that. Yeah, and the guy would get, them, get him the medicine and give it to him. You think this was just a story that guy you know what, kind You know of- what astral projection is? What? Astral projection is when you go into a meditative state. And you you leave your body and you're able to observe things. There are a lot of people that that upon death have been dead and followed like the ambulance with their body from above or they've gone to other places and seen their family that live on a different continent and told them exactly what they were doing at the time that this was occurring, what they were eating and how like the daughter broke a glass and it cut the the father's foot, for example. I'm just giving you an example. Other people have have told uh, people in hospitals, yeah, there's a shoe on the roof. There's a blue sneaker on the roof in the, in the southwest corner because they left their body and floated up there. So then you Now, that being said, that being said, I don't believe that... I believe that our our consciousness is, is non-local. I believe that we come from a source. And I believe that that source is what illuminates us with consciousness. And our body is a vessel that we're experiencing and seeing from at this present time. What you now, that being said, if you want to take that further, well, go ahead, go ahead. Before what I get you all believe personally, crazy. is there somewhere that there's a source for it that you got it from that you would recommend people look into? What do you mean? Are you, are you talking about the Akashic Records, the source of that? Like what you just said, I believe that there's this, that, the whole spiel you just went on. Yeah. Is there somewhere where you got that information? A variety that, of sources. I've been, I've been interested in these like uh, Where would sort you of tell topics to for go decades to to get that information. Uh, you could re- I was talking about Edgar Casey. You could check out Edgar Casey. You believe that's real, that Edgar Casey? Yeah, stuff? absolutely. You believe a guy could just go pass out and then travel all over the place? Sure. I believe that the part of his subconscious that connects, he had access to it. 
the wall to his subconscious, somehow he was able to get through it. Most of us can't. So most of us are stuck in this physical reality. It's like a trick. How many reality, other people you think we have so much more uh, We have so much more ability than we recognize. It, we're just not in a, at the stage of development. But you can, you, can, you can expand that, but it takes a really long time, and people are lazy. Do you I'm think lazy. it can ever be proven? Well, it sort of has been in the sense. How so? You're asking me to you're asking me to talk to you about things that I've spent like years and years and years looking at yeah. from a hundred different points of That's view and then cross referencing. So it's kind of hard to put it into a sentence. Look into Edgar Casey. Look into uh, Dr. Ian Stevenson's Life After Death Studies with reincarnation. Look into all this stuff. Read the Vedic texts, the most the 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 the, the most ancient philosophical and and spiritual texts known to man. Those texts tell you all kinds of stuff about this. To a, they, they, they describe quantum physics. Quantum physicists, the quantum physicists that come up with that have come up with quantum physics in the last hundred years all cite the Vedas as their main inspiration that they didn't really come up with it. They just translated it to the modern time from the Vedas. Have you ever watched the television show Quantum Leap? But yet really what I'm saying is our power, the computer that is our brain, yes. When in reality, the computer, our, our real computer is our brain. And if you can open up your brain, if you can break down the barriers that your brain has from being in this material world, you can learn a lot. You learn more from real, real contemplative silence than you do from reading 100 books. You, contemplative you, you, silence. Contempl meditation. I'm talking about meditation. When you meditate, you know things and you can't really explain them to people because it's ineffable. You know what the word ineffable means? Unexplainable. Means unexplainable. Most of this knowledge is ineffable, and it can't really be translated in the human language. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying I'm a master of this knowledge. I'm just telling you that this is what I, I thought. This is what I, I sense and know inside myself more than I can explain to you. The thing about technology as well is the more you use it, the more you rely on it. If you notice, you log on to Google, and all the things you've searched come straight up in, in, in terms of buying clothes or trainers. If, yeah, it, it makes you, and it, and it, yeah, it gets to a point where you're not even making decisions anymore. It's like Google is telling you what to, to buy and what to. Yeah. Self-driving cars, they're trying to take every, every bit of power away from us. Self-driving I mean, cars are ridiculous. I mean, I'm not going to lie. A lot of what you say goes over my head. Like, but <coughs> I like the idea that you're, you're willing to think outside the box. Yeah, I'm trying to. And, you know you what, know what I mean? though? There's Punk just. Rock. Yo, you know, where I, you know where a lot of this stuff, you know what got me interested in thinking outside the box a lot? The Bad Brains Raw cassette. Oh, yeah? Yeah. So you're thinking hardcore for your a little yeah your insane degree, perspective yeah. on things. Oh, it's so. Insane, insane. Well, let listen, me go back listen. to something. Was it Marcus Aurelius that said to be to find yourself among the ranks of of to, to find yourself however he worded it to find yourself normal? You know, I don't want to be normal because then you're among the ranks of the insane. He said it something I, like that. I forget yes. the exact way it was said, but Aurelius was brilliant. Yeah, but let me go back. He's to basically saying if you're considered crazy in your time, you're actually trying to figure shit yeah. out. Now check it out. I got to go back to your term ineffable. I was always taught that that meant, like, a girl too ugly to have sex with. <laughs> I mean, is that true or not? Yeah, you could. Yeah, I'll, I'll take that. I just had to lighten it up a little bit. I'm sorry. I had to lighten it up because it's getting crazy. This guy got phone calls going on. See, the minute we start talking about girls and sex is the minute this conversation goes out the window because we'll lose all, we'll turn into, we'll start drooling like pigs. No. Why is that? 
Because it's nature. Nature. Because you're a, a speaking animal is all you are. Well, what I am is I'm in a material body. So, yeah, I'm in a physical world. So that's, that, there's, a, there's a duality here. There's, my, there's, my, there's my, my spirit side and there's my physical side. I'm not saying the physical side doesn't, it doesn't need to have its time. You know, yeah. it's like you need balance. But what I'm saying is nowadays everything's physical. Everything's done for you. You're not using what you have. Mm. You know, it, it's, uh, it's like all your powers being – people are all getting their power taken away, and they're, they're like begging for it with Do technology. Do you foresee oh, a it. future they level? It. They love it. They just want to be morons, and they want to be sheep that are controlled. And if you see what's happening sit with all with, – in the last, you know, uh, like, let's say 16 years since 9-11 – this world has taken a really, really drastic turn, man. And and people are losing their human rights. People are losing Trump, all of their Trump, power. Trump. The media is so based on divide and conquer. Everything they put up is uh, you know, uh, brought together. When Reagan uh, passed some passed a, 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 I don't know if law is the right word, where uh, media could pre Reagan you could own yeah. a newspaper outlet, a print outlet. And a media outlet. But he did away with that. So then all the major giant corporations and the people in power that had extreme uh, ties to politics were able to monopolize the media. So now what you have is no longer a free press. What you have oh, is, 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 is a thought is a, is a, is a thought machine that teaches the people what to believe. It's like George Orwell in 1984. In the last 50 years, this place has turned to shit. Yeah. We're going into we're going into a dark dark time for humanity, but if you if in the if you read the Vedic texts, they tell you all about this. We're in the fourth age of man, which is called the Kali Yuga, the age of quarrel. Why do you think the Chromags album is called the age of quarrel? These are the days of the cheaters and the cheaters. Mm. You know, it's all about manipulation. It's all about controlling humanity and taking them away from their natural born rights. We were just talking about that. Me, Nikki, and Wima. We were up late talking about. They were telling me how they view American media, like CNN and Fox, and they didn't know whether to laugh about it or cry when they see it. They said it was so because blatantly it's changing the face of the world. Yeah, but they say it's to them outsiders. It's so All, blatantly obvious, you know. So many lies go on with these major events. There's so many false flags going on all the time. This is like a fucked up place we're in. People st aren't stepping outside of what they were told. They were born as babies. They're looking at things. This is real. I'm touching Chris's shoulder. His shirt is real. Chris just got this a This concrete wall is real. They're not seeing beyond what their eyes can see. Your eyes yeah. are just a tool to see in a very small uh, span of, of what actually is in front of you. Your eyes are just designed to see in the, the situation you're in. You know, the, 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 the vibratory frequency of the earth. We're designed to operate in this material realm with our physical parts. You know, eyes, ears, nose, and throat. Mm. But in reality, what illuminates you is a none of those rules apply to your consciousness, and that's that balance needs to come back to humanity. People need to understand that they're they're a spirit, as a primarily a spirit that's in a material experience. But will that's it ever take. come back? It will. They, you would not need almost a complete devastation and a starting which is, over. Which is we're in Kali Yuga, Kali Yuga, which is the age of quarrel, the fourth age of man. It's going to get worse and worse and worse, and it's going to collapse. Would you like? And then to, it's going to settle, and then it's going to come back. Would you like to die or live then. during the collapse? Die before the collapse or live during it? The collapse is takes almost a half a million years. Yeah, yeah. but at some point it's, it's got to like you got to be living within the real collapse. Man doesn't. We think that we're on this ascending 
path, like we're becoming enlightened. Yeah. We started more enlightened than we are because we were more pure and we understood. We, we were no distractions. We were close to our source, which is spirit. And we've been slowly declining ever since. And now we're in the fourth age, Kali Yuga, and it's going to get worse and worse and worse. What's the fifth and it's age? Gonna, it's going to, the fifth age is, the, the fifth age is, it comes to an end. It's total destruction. <laughs> total destruction and then it starts over again after after like a, almost like a rest period is, is there ever but been a time though where <coughs> where humanity has been equal where everyone has been equal I don't think there has ever been that, a time there probably was before we're aware of you know what I'm saying before we before we even know uh, like, but I think it's human nature to destroy the weak it if sort of is if, you, if you're weak Someone, there's always someone that want to want to cost you. There's I think nothing in, this age, in nature though, respects weakness. I don't nothing. necessarily 100%. think that was always the case. If you go back to a time that we can't even really fathom, I think that there may be periods where there's balance, and there's periods where it slowly gets worse and worse and comes down like it is now. Mm -hmm. But if you look at if you look at the four ages of man, it sort of mirrors the 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 seasons. Think about the seasons. In the winter, it, everything dies, and it gets renewed in the spring. And then in the summer, you have it, – it's just like the seasons. Everything's a microcosm of everything else. As above is below. All this stuff is on, on, the, on the macro scale. Things are happening out in the universe. And on the micro scale, things are happening on the, on the subatomic level. And we're, it, it, it's, it's, really, it's really just – a lot of this stuff is, is, is an echo of – of itself you just don't we don't have the we're trying to look with our eyes we can't see it you're not going to see that with your eyes your eyes are only going to see so much you have to see that with you have to you have to attune yourself to the rhythms of of not only nature but the rhythms of your your root consciousness to understand this now i'm not saying i'm some yogi i'm not saying that i'm saying i grasp these concepts i'm not saying i'm a master of them so don't misunderstand me i'm fucked up times as well going back to Peruvian times um, Inca um, periods and stuff. Disabled children were deemed as gods and a higher beings as like able people, or able children when they were born. They was like, you know. Oh yeah. They were the ones that were generally mummified and seen as higher powers. Sort of. Disabled children. Disabled children. Over over the healthy. Yep. Wow, I never knew that. It's crazy. About people, um, society's mentality about like disabled people nowadays. Yeah. You know what I mean? They're, they're obviously restricted with the um, amount of you know, help they get and the way. How about like mentally is. though? Like a guy like Luke would be a god back then, or? <laughs> it, it'd probably be yeah. Look at Stephen. He'd be one of the top ones, I'd reckon. Yeah, he'd be all mummified with a crown on. Look, Rhoda. Listen, I was about 13 and Craig was talking to me and Tyke about aliens back then. 13? Wow. Yeah. You've been on this for a Craig. long time, Craig. <laughs> Tell him he's been my friend. Luke, Luke used to come to shows with, with, with uh, Tyke when they were little kids. And uh, they'd, they'd come up front and, they, oh, what's up? What's up? They were like little little guys, like all hyped up. So I would chill with them. I'd get them into the shows. I'd give them some like sandwiches and some drinks from backstage and talk crazy shit to them. Yeah, so I would talk to them, aliens, blah, blah, blah. They'd be like, what the hell's wrong with this guy? But I was kind of half freaking them out. Too, Could just you tell fun us with a it. story about when you went to Luke's neighborhood to his deli? And right, so uh, I, went with, I was going upstate. Yeah. I have a place upstate. I have a farm upstate. So I was going upstate to my farm <clears throat> with my mother. So I was like, Mom, we're going to stop and see my friend Luke. He he works in a deli. He makes great sandwiches. He's a, san he's a, he's a sandwich craftsman. Yeah. So it's right over the Throgs Neck Bridge. So we go over there. I park. We go in. 
you know, Luke's there. He introduces him, introduces him to my mother. They get along great. Luke makes us a, a amazing dis- like array of foods. Yes. <laughs> Best sandwiches you ever had in your life, you know? Yeah. A lot of shit I could talk Look about. Look at Luke's face smiling. Here a lot here, of shit I could talk about Luke joking around, but in yeah. reality, I, best sandwich maker in the world and a good man. So we, uh, he gave us all this food, and then we went outside, and there was a meter maid giving me a ticket. Oh. In so Luke's I'll, neighborhood. So I'm like, oh, this lady's giving me a ticket. Luke went crazy. He almost threw the lady over the hood of the car, <laughs> cursing her out, going nuts, defending me like a, like, a, like, a, like a vicious dog. Yes. Looking after my mother. I mean, it was great. My mother was like, he's such a nice, nice man. She loved him. See that, Luke? Little did she know. <laughs> you still got the ticket, though? Still got the ticket, yeah. Fucking but whatever, lady. it was worth it. You know, the guy gave the guy, the guy, the guy gave us seventy five dollars worth of food on the arm. Nice. I mean, great sandwiches. Like in the Bronx. What was that sandwich you made me with the with the with the eggplant and the? <coughs> no, there was no meat on mine. I'm veg. No. My mother's probably had the meat on it because she eats meat. I didn't. Even... This guy made me the best sandwich ever. Roasted peppers. <coughs> best sandwich Asiago ever. cheese. UFO. Now, my man. Pelpu, he should be hired to, to cater events all listen, the time. The way my he man makes sandwiches. Pelpu over here smokes so much. Do you think smoking is a way to be enlightened by the stuff you talk about, or for uh, it's a tactic that the powers that be? So he goes and he just plays video games. I used to smoke marijuana a lot. I had a big uh, thing with marijuana throughout my life. I was a heavy, heavy marijuana smoker in periods of my life. Yes. And, uh, Here's the thing about, about, about natural drugs like marijuana. It's a beautiful plant. It's a, it's a highly evolved plant. Uh, if you smoke marijuana in, in a way to, to use it as a tool to understand yourself and, and, and sort of open yourself up to, to slightly different ways of viewing things, and I think it's a great plant. The problem with me was I smoked it so much that I was habitually addicted to it, so the effect it had on me was just to wear me out. Ah, see that? So I stopped. So I stopped smoking it. Me see. But like, I don't think marijuana is bad. I just think that humans tend to become so obsessed with the way it makes you feel that we overdo it. Now we have a great mutual friend Speaking named for myself named only. Hoya Rock, who's a big weed smoker. He claims that Mr. Mad Joe, who finally came back, will one day be a mean, smoker himself. Back? Well. Yeah, I want to address Joe's that back, before, by we, the way. before we continue this. Is why couldn't you guys wait 15 or 20 minutes oh. until I came back? We started because way we before that. Hear, I texted we you. We didn't hear from you. That. We didn't think you were coming. We were like, I, we can't miss it again today. No, you can't. You wouldn't have. You wouldn't have. It's not my call, but I understand what you're saying. It's a little rude, that's all. It's Look at your text. Rude. I heard you when you first texted him. doing jujitsu. Look at when rude. you first texted him and look when he came back. When you guys told me 15 minutes. I said, okay, I'm going to leave for one hour. I'll be right back. Left for yeah, hour, so I didn't know that. I didn't what know time that. did you start for sound I didn't know that. You might have said that in the room, but I didn't. I didn't. I wasn't aware of that. What time did you start your sound check? I don't know. It's right written on the board. Can somebody find that out? I don't even know what day it is. One o'clock. It's four thirty now. They didn't start at one o'clock. Jump in, Joe. Take over. I've been getting grilled for an hour by this guy. Actually, I'm, I'm, I'm just keeping... saying it's a little rude. That's all. But R- Richie's Richie's Hoya. going smooth though. He's going smooth. He's not going that hard. Back to the Hoya question. I think that the. Uh, I don't know what his intentions are. I don't know if he if he really wants to open my mind with weed, or if he <coughs> wants to break me. Weed doesn't open anybody's mind. Here's the deal. I think uh, he likes you so much as a friend that he just wants to experience it with you. I like him a lot as a friend. He's too. a great guy. Yeah. Well, they should have sex then. In a, Stop in it. In a perfect world, that would be great. 
You have sex with your friends? He would look horrible it's in a dress, girls. I'll tell you that. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I like Hoya a lot. But I don't know if that's ever going to happen, Hoya. I don't, See, the thing with Hoya, the wrong when Hoya smokes weed, it makes him laugh. He makes everyone happy. So it, it, for him, it's like it doesn't really stop him from going about his, his normal. It actually enhances his personality. Whereas, like, when I'd smoke weed, I'd just lock myself in my house with an ounce and smoke it till it was gone. Maybe you should start smoking weed again. Calm <laughs> my Larry David. Yeah. <laughs> That's also, you guys, are, are you English guys familiar with Larry David? That's his nickname. Isn't Only he like a quirky Richie. Jewish guy? Like, kind of like Larry David? Like, I'm not Jewish, Larry but David. I guess I'm a quirky are you Jewish sure? guy. Yeah, I'm sure. Your whole band got kind of the Jewish vibe Listen, going. I, yours, what like does that Queens, even mean? Like the Queens what does that Jewish even mean? Yeah, I don't we, know. Like we good, grew up in a neighborhood that was Italian, guys, yeah. Irish, Jewish, and, yeah, and, and Asian. So, yeah. Did you like, grow up in Ramon's uh, area? Yeah. Wow. I knew Didi awesome. Ramon from the neighborhood. Ramon's incredible. Historic spot for punk rock and hardcore. Yeah, Queens, definitely, definitely. Queens might be the number one spot in the world for hardcore and punk rock just because of the Ramones themselves. I know English will jump in on punk rock, but what bands came out of Queens? Ramones. Ramones. Major Conflict. Major Conflict. Murphy's Law. Murphy's Law. Uh, all of my bands. All of your bands. Which uh, so is sick of it all. A hundred more I can't think of. How about Nuclear Assault? Queens. How about Anthrax? Queens. How about Burn? Uh, well, no, nah, not kind of. They were kind of like drifters a little bit. They were like New York drifters. So Gypsies. they were kind of multiple multi-borough individuals, a little upstate mixed in. Hardcore, so they they're kind of like hardcore, yeah, they were kind of they were kind of like hardcore gypsies. How about Madball? Uh, Madball. I, rock. Madball is is Lower East Side slash Florida. And what about Queens? Uh, Hoya. Yeah, Hoya's from Queens. There you go. Hoya used to live on Rob's block. You know, Das that played in Rest in Pieces with Rest me and Trade Ahead. from Queens. Hoya was like, you know, he's Dave's little brother. We used to hang out with, with, with Dave, his older brother. Yeah, now, your, mu demise. your musical... There's a hundred other bands I can't think of. One of your from, teachers from Queens, on the bass was from Nuclear Assault. Yeah, he actually, when I was a little kid... Didn't we talk about this in the last you one? No. For the I was people. a little kid. My brother, uh, when I was like 10 years old, my brother started going to high school. My brother's five years older than me, so he was like 15. I guess he was in ninth grade or whatever it was. And uh, my brother went to school with Danny Lilker, who was the first bass player for Anthrax. So Danny would come over for lunch. And when you come up with Big Charlie Hankins, who was the bouncer at CB's, Big Charlie, you guys have heard of Big yeah. Charlie, old school New yeah. York hardcore guy, he was the bouncer at CB's. So they would come over and they were forming, you know, Danny was already a musician. He played in this band called White Heat, which was like a, a rock cover band and some like did some Sabbath. So Danny was like, hey, we're going to form this new band, Anthrax. And they were saying they needed a bass player, so they wanted my brother to play bass. This was like when it was just an idea. So Danny brought a bass over, and he was teaching my brother to play bass, but I picked it up. My brother didn't really, you know, my brother played a little, but he was more into, like, hanging out and yeah. drinking beer and picking up girls. <clears throat> so I wound up picking it up at, like, 10 years old, and that's how I started playing bass. And he would, like, teach me, you know, like, basic scales and, and simple things and, like, some Sabbath songs he would show me and stuff like that, some Aerosmith songs, you know, stuff like that. And then from there... <coughs> When you know, by the time uh, I was like ten or eleven, it was like you know, new wave of British heavy metal bands. He started turning me on to. He turned me on to like Motorhead and like the first Iron Maiden record. You know what I mean? Stuff like that. So I was like, oh, this stuff's great. And then like the next year, it was like, hey, you know, the Exploited. Check this out. You know what I mean? All from Danny. Uh, well, I wouldn't say it's or Danny and your brother. D Danny 
kind of lit that fuse. Yeah. And then when I got to be like, let's say 12 or 13, I went to junior high school and I started meeting people that weren't necessarily older guys in the junior high school that were like into punk rock and they started turning me on to stuff. Mm. So it kind of, Danny lit that fuse and it kind of just spread from there. I got a true or false for you. You sat in on Metallica practices and rehearsals. True or false? True. It's true. True? That's fucking before, 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 fucking when, before Ride the Lightning, I pretty much sat uh, a couple times with Dave Mustaine when he was playing guitar. Like, wow. they would be playing in the room, and you'd, like, hang out outside the room, and in between songs, you'd go in and check shit out. Where was that at? In the Jamaica Queens Music Building. But, I, you know, I was a little kid, so my opportunities were less. My brother was always hanging out, but, you know, like, those were his friends, and they were all high school age and in bands, because Anthrax and Metallica were both in that music building. So I would, like, go down, and, like, you know, it was, like, a big thing, like, oh, wow, I get to go to see everybody rehearse. It was, like, a big deal for me when I was, like, 10, 11 years old, 11 years old, whatever. There's a, uh, there's a dude in DRI. I can't remember what he plays, what instrument he plays in DRI, but he... Is like an old school photographer from like mm. the early metal scene in New York. The bass player. Is it the bass player? Yeah, yeah, he's a great guy. So we played a show with them in Toronto, and he had a book of his his old pictures. Oh, he's got some old school shit. Crazy yeah, he's got really pictures. old. Yeah, they look like like fourteen. 13, like little They were like little, little kids. kids. like And they all drinking beer all the time, like partying, going crazy. Yeah, but like smoke a joint with Cliff. Like I were, one time I was there and went in between songs and then they were playing. And, you know, they shut the door. You leave the door open. You got to kind of shut it. You know what I mean? And wow. smoke a joint in the hall with Cliff and Danny. Okay, he check this out. He was a really out. nice dude and he, his books, his pictures were fucking incredible. I think it's a smoke book. Smoke a joint on 11. So Craig was turned on to the bass by the great Dan Ilkler. Lilker. Lilker. Smoked a joint with the great Cliff Burton, and he got a <laughs> a phone voicemail from who? Geezer Butler. Geezer Butler. <laughs> that was pretty recent. That was a couple years ago. And you saved it. Yeah. You still have it? Yeah, I have it. Can you play it over the... Uh... I can right now, yes. Oh, yes, that's so. fucking dope. <laughs> uh, all right, so you're going to hear the voice of the, the so, great Geezer Butler. So um, what happened is, you know Tal? Tal Ronan? Yes. The chef. He owns Crossroads in yep. L.A. He's a friend of mine, and he's an old hardcore guy. And he um, is friends with Geezer because Geezer's a vegan. Shout out to Crossroads. What's the name of that burger? The Impossible, Impossible Burger. burger. Impossible Burger. My so, favorite there was the meatball parm, though. So I was able yeah. to, like, I had some equipment questions. So I, w I sent Tal an email, and he sent it to Geezer. And then, you know, Tal sent it back to me about some equipment, you know. <clears throat> or he does it through Geezer's wife or however it worked. It was like a little pass along. And then uh, I was playing in, in uh, a chain reaction in... Uh, California. Anaheim. In Anaheim. Yeah. And uh, that day, Geezer called me. I was driving in a car with a friend of mine, and Geezer called me, and I didn't pick up the phone because it was tall. And I saw that he called, but I was like driving and in the middle of stuff, and the music was on. So very I was like, I'll call, I'll call him you. back in five minutes. Craig's a very responsible driver. I was like, I'll call him back in five minutes. Yeah. And I listened to his message, and it was Geezer calling from Tal's phone, <laughs> wishing me a good <laughs> show. And I'll play it for you right now. Couple like this, couple the mic. And sorry for everybody at home with the crap. We had to bring the crappy mics on tour. We couldn't bring but the good stuff. But Craig's got a Here good one. Craig should be a. That gives it the best chance. Here it comes. You guys ready? Ready, go. Hello, Craig. This is Jesus Butler wishing you all the best for tonight. Good luck. I'm here with Carl. Well, have a good gig. Cheers. See ya. 
And that's that. Historical, yeah. man. <laughs> Fucking historical. We're like, so, oh, yo, oh, guys, wow. we can now say wow. that we had Geezer like Butler on Post America <laughs> yeah, podcast. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah. Well, these guys are from London. You probably met Geezer at some point. You guys all know Geezer. Well, he's a great, he's a great guy. Oh, yeah. Tom says he's a great guy, and uh, one day he's, he's like, listen, one day when he comes to the restaurant, you know, when I'm out there, he's like, we'll hang out. He's, you That's know, cool. He's probably, he's, I'm sure he's a great guy. He's my favorite bass player. Yeah. No, he's sick. Oh, he's yeah. great. Yeah. He's great. The war, like, uh, War Pigs intro? <laughs> a lot of my stuff, the, I, the way I play the is like very, very influenced by Geezer Butler. Very influenced. Yeah. Craig, I got a question for you. Yeah. My right hand is influenced by him, the way I run scales and stuff like that, and fills, and my, my, uh, my... I mean, my, that's my left hand. My my right hand, I would say, is influenced by like Daryl from the Bad Brains and like Lemmy, but also mm -hmm. my own kind of thing because I kind of have a slight my own take on it. You know what I mean? I like to pick aggressively and and very very. I like to push, percussive pushing of the beat. A pusher. I got a question for. <laughs> I got a question for you. So you were a I don't know if it was intentional, but you were a a pet project of Danny Lokers. In a sense, in yeah. In a sense. I don't think that's maybe not what he intended, but that's what you I was just a kid hanging around became. that was into it, like asking him questions. And he's like, oh, I'll show you this guy. He's a very good musician. He was a great musician at, at when he was a little kid. Yeah. I mean, he played in the band when he was 14 that would like do gigs out on Long Island at like, my father's place. I would go to their gigs when I was a little, little kid. And they would like do like covers of like Queen and, and Van Halen and Sabbath. And they would fucking kill it. I mean, he's got, he was doing like Geezer solo on a... On NIB, like it's just like like thirteen, fourteen years old, and this Crazy. guy could play everything. They were like killing it. So he took the time to show you the ropes, show you show you the the base game. Okay, have you ever or would you ever consider taking on a project like that? I, I offer to teach people bass all the time. I show some people, but nobody really sticks to it. Okay. I like I like people. Hey, I want to learn how to play bass, and I show them a couple things, but nobody's like at my first of all at this Did age. Nobody's at my house maybe? every day. When I was 10 years old, all I cared about was that. Danny's coming over. Okay. I'd warm up playing the bass. I'd be like, show me this. Show me that. Write it down. Show me this. Show me that. How, how I figured this out. Is this right? He'd be like, yeah, that's good. I have one for you that would be, we could make this viral. It could be incredible. Viral. There's a, there's a, a young superstar in the making in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania right now. Oh. Okay. And her name is Cody. Cody. And she just got a bass. Her right. first bass, and she wants to be a hardcore bass player. Really? This girl is... Girl bass players are traditional in early, early hardcore. Yeah. There were tons of girl bass players in early hardcore. So Cody is... I mean, she's a kid, but she just lives, breathes hardcore. She is to the bone. She loves hardcore music. She's at shows, stage How old diving, is she? singing along. I think she just turned... 10? Oh my god. I think she just turned 10 and she just got her first bass. And if you could give her bass lessons and we could film this. She wow. lives in Philadelphia though. The evolution of Cody turning into a hardcore bass player taught by the great Craig Satari. This she, shit could be it could be phenomenal. It really embarrasses me when you use say it like that, but okay. Wow. The wow. great. That's corny. The great, but, um, the great Craig Satari. He loves it. He no, loves it. I see, I, I see like a heartbeat it's, on his it's head. It's corny. Yeah. It makes me uncomfortable. You know what I mean? But, but I know. You. I feel the same way when he says that with me. But uh, That's like my listen. boxing coach when I would praise him on some, some boxing shit. He'd be like, all right, bro, calm down. I'd be like, all right, yeah. How about we arrange next time you play Philly, you make a little time for Cody? Here's the deal. I'm willing to do that. Absolutely. It's just my touring schedule and when we can do it. But yeah. if we stay in touch about this, I would do that in a heartbeat. Yeah, I'd love to. 
Dude, we're gonna make That'd this be happen, and it's gonna be it's gonna be incredible because I think she has the drive to do anything she wants to do. That she's a future great. president. She, she's like a very for a little kid. She's very motivated. That sounds and, um, great. She's she's done like a lot of groundbreaking type of things, even as a little kid in in hardcore already. And she was uh she sang a song with Jesus Peace at This Is Hardcore, and the video went. Fucking crazy! Fuck, it was really? like, it Sounds was, good, man. Well, I'm down for, for for the hardcore community. It's very viral. I'm actually playing a mag. I'm playing a mag show there. I think either December second. Oh or, yeah. Or, so if she's at that, that show, be great. I, I'll, yeah. I'll sit with her for a couple minutes and try war. to show her some stuff. You know. Her voice yeah. as well. It's really I'd be down hard. with that. Yeah. When she yes. sang. Yes. I was like, wow. She sounds a lot better than a lot of the singers that are singing now. Yeah, she's no joke, man. She's yeah. no joke. Yeah. So yeah, you'll love her. You'll love her dad. Is really cool guy. Cool. Um, sounds good. People at home. Hashtag Cody the Supergirl. K O D I the Supergirl. We uh we actually made a. We have merch for sale tonight with, that we dedicated to Cody. Really? Our, yeah, our cassette cool. tapes have hashtag Cody the Supergirl on them. Sounds good. There was a point where I was going to do online bass lessons. I still might at one point. How about this, Craig? That'd be kind of cool, right? Something to do. Craig, you're getting old. I wouldn't watch it, but that's that sounds Whatever. like a cool thing. <laughs> Will you ever have a, a child? I don't know, man. You know, I'm... I'm uh, his base is his base. That's his job. You know, I'm always on the road. Is that right? Like, I, you know. You're, as, a, as a dad, listen, yes. A dad doesn't a girl, need to be there. I have a girl. My girl. I've been with my girl for 10 years. We live together. I absolutely love her. And uh, we talk about it, but I'm always away, and it would be hard for her. You know what I mean? It would but be very hard for her. Because I'm always away. I wouldn't, I'm never home. I've, like, I've always had bad luck with uh, relationships because I'm always away. So it always gets fucked up somehow. You know what I mean? So shit always goes wrong, you know. Well, I've the loved other guys girls in the band got kids. I've loved girls and like broken up with them because I'm never home. I've loved girls that have like done bad shit to me behind my back because I was always away and I hey, were never home. Listen, Craig. somebody's going to be honorable. They're not going to be honorable. I'm not saying it's somebody else's fault or my fault. I'm just saying when you do this shit six months out of the year for your whole life, it's hard to keep shit like that together, man. Craig, you got three other guys in the band. They all got wife and kids. Why can't you? I'll say this: my girl right now, though, loyal as the as as can be. A Polak broad, right? A Polish girl, yeah, beautiful. yeah, beautiful girl, sweetheart, yeah. most loyal girl I've ever been with. Sometimes they can I love get her. mean. They're very you vengeful. Know? I Polak. believe you, man. Hey, listen, everybody argues yeah. once in a while. My girl it is uh, rock solid. It's like a leap of faith. It's a huge commitment yeah. having a kid, and it's scary because once once it's there, it's like it, you know the weight goes away almost. Like oh, it's it's what humans do. Yeah. But I can understand your apprehension. Yeah, it makes me a little scared. I can understand. But I honestly think that the man before. plays a role you know? in the upbringing of the child, but not to the degree of the mother. The man is supposed to put a seat all over the place. Listen, Jesus Christ. This is just, this is. Who is this You're going to get us in trouble, man. It's, Who is this Listen, guy? you don't have to agree, but that's friend. how things are. I understand what you're the saying. The man is capable of that. The woman I understand is what you're saying, and as a young man, is I that was not putting nature? my seat all over the place, but yeah. as you get a little older... You try to take responsibility. Of course. I'm not saying... I think Joe out. should chime in here. I think and Joe... You, and, and, I mean, that's a tough thing to say because you see you see both things. Joe's, Joe is father of the year like three you times see, in a row. You see monogamy and you see... Uh, only in modern nature. Only, only in modern nature we see monogamy. A forced modern nature route is No, the that's what I'm talking about. In in nature nature you see it with uh, animals. I'm talking about animals. human nature though. Only in, in modern human nature do you certain, see monogamy. Certain human tribes... Totally. This and, is what separates plus, us from higher world. nature and lower nature. Higher nature culture, and lower nature. So culture also influences we're always, us. Obviously driven by animal instincts, but yeah. we have the intelligence to override. Totally, those. we're influenced by culture. You are lis you're listening now to the great 
Nikki tattoo from Knuckle Dust. So go yeah. ahead, Nikki. So yeah, we have animal instincts. Yeah, we don't have that on them because we no, have we the don't. intelligence of choice. We told them. Oh, lower nature and higher nature. It's a choice. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Deny nature to or degree, they have to be balanced. Nature. You can't You're pretend right. you have a lower nature because then you won't be able to hold your higher nature. You yeah. have to. You have to kind of like, you know, you got to give. You got to give a little. You you, let the animal out. I, once I'm in not a while. saying a, a parent yeah, should man. dip out. You were concerned with your gun a lot, but you're always going to come back, and that's about as much as they Listen, need. Listen, half of that's a cop out because I had a, uh, I had a, 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 a semi traumatic childhood uh-huh. regarding mother and father issues. So part of that is me being also traumatized. So I don't feel that outright. Like I don't feel like oh I can't. It's not like I feel fear or anything like that. But I know that. Even though I'm not feeling it on the surface, deep inside, that has a lot to do with it, too. You know, we got in a big topic. Well, let me on say that my mother was the most loving. She still is. My, my mother is the greatest mother of all time. That's you know, great. But, but I had a, whoa, whoa. A, I had a very, uh, I had a violent alcoholic father that was abusive. So, it, like, that's what I'm talking about. That's what makes me, like, I don't see a family unit in my mind the way most people do. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? I see it as sense. being terrorized. Yeah. To me, that shit was like traumatizing. You know what I mean? And yeah. like as a kid, I was scared. I was scared of my own shadow. I'm like, I don't like conflict. I still don't like conflict. Why do you think I got into boxing? It was to overcome that so I could feel confident and realize that, listen, I still, if somebody comes screaming at me like a, like a maniac, like whoa, like I, I kind of get like, I, it kind of shocks me. Is that why you when avoid it comes Luke? To, when, when, that, when all that goes out the window and the actual violence occurs, I'm very capable of that. So it calms me down a little bit. It makes me feel confident. You understand what I mean? Yeah, totally. It's a tool to overcome negativity. But anyway, my point is that a lot of, uh, a lot of me not having a kid is probably from that. Makes sense. Now, we had a debate on this podcast before. But th- th- these are the reasons people come to hardcore oh, for shit like that. Well, would you would you ever have kids? Uh yeah. If, you know, if that happened, I mean, I couldn't stop it. You know. Okay. That's a true answer. Well, you know, if if a girl says uh, she's pregnant, then all right. Well, you know, let me interrupt or something. Everybody's gone. What would be your favorite race to mix with if you were to have children? Oh, Chinese. Chinese <laughs> child. If if I have a daughter, Chinese. If I have a son, then some kind of Scandinavian. Scandinavian, yeah. Yeah, because I want a big, strong son. And if I have a daughter, a nice, smart one, that'll go to school on scholarship. If you want a big, strong you know, son, well, you, should be, you should be going with, like, African. Some of the strongest well, people in the, the world. Well, I want the kid to end up beating me up at the end of the day. I mean, Strongest people in the world, for the most the, part. The Scandinavian one, I could keep in check. The African one, I mean, go, you might go nuts on me. I, <laughs> nice, nice, Irish would work, too. No, 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 I don't want that. They're not big, but they're wild. Yeah, they're nuts. You don't want an Irish kid. They can't even go out in the sun. Can't even play catch with kids. <laughs> you gotta come. But uh, down. we had a debate about discipline, disciplining a, a kid. Some of you here have kids. A lot of you, I see. If you had a kid, would you spank them? Would you hit them if necessary? Yeah, when when they when they when they need to when they need to be uh, when they need to be afraid of something that could potentially harm them. Yeah, sometimes a sharp a sharp painful memory that. Shocks them. A little jock to the system. Yeah, I think that. But you don't do that out of your own anger. You don't do that because you're mad. You do that to have them. It's almost like when a kid sticks his finger on the the flame and he gets burned. Whoa, I can't do that. It it, it singes in his mind that I can't touch that. Certain things like running into the street. You crack the kid sharp so he feels it. You don't permanently damage him. You make him hurt, but you make him where it hurts him to a point where he's like, whoa. And it's like it's like just like memory. And then he realizes I can't run in the street. 
But that's the I'll, only time I'll I would, I would never this. use it because I'm pissed. Uh, let me tell I would you, never do that because I'm pissed. This is not a question that you should ask people who don't have kids. Well, he's got a point. Yeah. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just, I'm, just, just, I'm assuming. Just, you're uninformed. Yeah, you're right. You, you're right. you only know it from where you're well, at. We, 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 I know from both sides. I was not a parent. <laughs> yeah. And I said what you said. And then I was a parent. But if, and I changed my mind. If I go by that rule, I couldn't ask him anything. We're talking about aliens, psychology. What are we really informed on I'm here? just saying you're not. You're speaking of things you're not informed of. It's like wiping so, away the whole episode is a good conversation. I know most of what we say about everything is not is yes, uninformed. We're, we're uninformed. But I'm just telling you that from my experience, I said what you said i used to say that and now i changed my mind and i i, I, I would imagine there's mind. someone out there that said they never would and then they ended up doing it and i will say that that it's is possible. a hitting your kid yes a little is you know never not out of anger oh and i hit your kid out not i out don't of believe anger. that i don't believe that how the fuck are you gonna hit your kid and you're not angry I punched people in the face and knocked them Did out when ever, I wasn't don't angry you ever before. Remember it was those like a, great it was like old a classics. trying to stay the situation that was going to escalate. So I, I, that's the way I'm looking. I'm not saying I can do that, but I'm saying it was, Listen, to, it, was to, it was to stop a situation that was potentially dangerous would have escalated. Don't so you I think remember of it the same way? You grab the kid, you smack him on his ass real hard. He goes ah. Yeah, but and, this is and, you this know is he knows not to precious, run in the street. This is the most precious thing that you have ever laid your eyes on. Yeah, my dad. You, you look at this thing. You you you. Hold it in the highest regard, more than anything you've ever held in. Well, then, in, why does the anyone hit their world? kid? Then I know people that that uh, well, love their that kids so much that they broken. that they basically crippled them and, and pampered them so much that the kids now are like unable to really make their own yeah. way, and they're like that's, that's drug that's addicts. Yeah, I mean, my dad, my oh. dad used to give me if I if I had a bad. Did school, he hate you? My dad loved me. Yeah, of course. My dad, my dad, my dad, no, I didn't say hate. No, I'm not saying hate. Was there something broken in your dad? I'm not saying hate. My dad was African, so that's yeah. just the way they do it. Over Thank there, you. Man. Kid, shouldn't the kid know that? Like, it's a that, like, if you, if you fuck of, up too much, dad, you got you to answer to dad. If, if there's fuck, something to be said there. If I had a bad school report or I'd done something really bad, my dad would give me the biggest hiding. And looking back now, I don't begrudge my dad. I feel like I deserved it. A lot of these kids now, they got no respect for adults. Do you have kids, Wima? I have a daughter, yeah. Okay. But going back to what Joe said, I have smacked my, uh, smacked my daughter before, and Thank I felt mad guilty afterwards, man. Yeah. Mad, mad. Of course. Guilty. And, and, I, did, I and did you think? Did you think there was a different way afterwards? Like, damn, I wish I did this, or I wish I yeah, did that I did, instead. Yeah. yeah, I did. Yeah. Maybe so. I'm, I'm listening here because I don't really and know. And what I'm telling you, you. is, Never this is what I'm it. telling you is that you probably rethought it and said, damn, I, I, I wish I handled that differently. And in hindsight, I mean, I didn't beat I'm, up. <laughs> no, of course, of course. But in hindsight, you were probably angry yeah, and yeah. acting out of your own fear and your own um, your own um, inability inability to to think rationally in that instant, right there. Yeah, I think I was going. Yeah, I agree with that. And I think I was going off what how it's, I was brought up. And it's difficult to but, hold yeah. your cool. I'm not saying it's not. It's very yeah. difficult, and kids will drive you crazy. And they do things that you just... I remember a time when you hit your kid, you say, come here. It was very organized. It wasn't insane. You know what you did, right? Yeah. It's going to hurt me more than it's going to hurt you. That old talk. This is not out of anger. Not at all. I, so that's what I, that's I, I was trying to say. Then there's a time when right on the spot, what did you say? Blank, spang, crack, uh, crack, yeah. smack. I think yeah, it's always out of, out of anger. Come and over I think here. It's always Charlie, out of... at 3 o'clock, come into the living room. You know what you did. That's not out of it's anger. It's almost out of panic. And I'm ah. telling you, I never got hit in that 
the way you're describing, like, okay, we're going to, it's seven o'clock, it's time for the beatings, I'll get out the list. What yeah, did you do? You today? seem to be okay. relating everything to you personally. But there's me and millions of other all, people out uh, there. I will say the people yeah. I grew up around and with, yeah. Yeah. the beatings were handed out. Angrily. Well, we get a lot of feedback from the Wouldn't listeners. Want to catch Let's a ask the listeners. Any listeners out there man. ever have discipline given to them by their parents that they didn't see from anger or rage, but they saw as a simple discipline that had to be done? Let us know. Please. Thank you. We got feedback last time. It seems to be split right down the middle of what people, you know. Yeah, yeah, it's, a, it's all over the place. That's what I always think. I always think there's more than one uh, one deal. Scotland, what's up? Pelbu, tell us. Yeah, I heard they, they changed the law recently in Scotland to stop people beating their kids, like parents hitting their kids. See, I don't like the term beating. Beating is like... Yeah, beating is not bo- legal anyway. Yeah, you can't beat your kids. Yeah. If I'm talking about smacking, I'm talking about a gentle smack on the hand or something. But not beating it. I hate the term. When you say beating, it puts. Yeah. yeah. Not for nothing, though. If I had a Scottish kid, I'd give him a beating. Yo, when I was a kid, like I would like when I was a kid, let's say I mouth off to one of my brother's friends, do something really inappropriate to, to him. And like really like when I was a little kid, like a little shithead, I like really would do something fucked up. I'd catch a fucking beating. This is the 70s. Older dude, five years older than me, kicked the shit out of me, right? Yeah. yeah. Then my brother would go to his friend and go, what'd you do to my brother? And he'd go, he did this, this, and this to me. My brother would go, he did? He did that. And, and, and he'd go, you catch okay. it from him. He'd go, okay. And he would say, like, you know, and the guy would say, yeah, I didn't really hurt him. I just, like, lumped him up a little. I hit him in the stomach, you know what I mean? I didn't scar him up. So, you know, the guy just beats you up a little bit. My brother would be like, okay. My brother would come home and go, did you do this and that? Don't bullshit me. I'd go, yeah. And he'd go, you got what you deserve. Don't be stupid. Thank yeah. you. And it fucking yeah. worked. Yeah. And it Back worked. Back when men were made. This is, and I'll tell you what. This I'm, is street shit, though. We're talking yeah. about... Uh, this is I'd be boxing a guy, right? And I'd be making... Or I'd be trying to correct a bad move. And boom, boom. I'm correcting it in the gym. But it never gets corrected. Until I go you- in with a guy two weight classes bigger than me. The guy catches me with a left hook on the button and I'm stunned. Now it's that, correct. That hand's coming up. It's. Ne- I'm never going to make that mistake again. <laughs> you don't know. You yeah. don't, you're not going to correct that until you get hurt. Now I'm not saying that's what you do with children. I'm just saying. But you're, that, that, but that, you're that, using that, it as an analogy in a. Ta- in a t- we're talking about children. Yeah, I get. That yeah, you're right. Re- that doesn't a- apply to this this conversation. I'm just, all I'm trying to it do. Is, all I'm trying to do is just say that maybe not with children, but that's what makes you learn. Is what, is is paying a price makes you learn. But what I'm, I'm not saying you should say be hurting your kids. Yeah, no, not at all. Only, this is this when is I see the consequences when I learn to, to not do it again. This is your experience. What you have to relate to kids. To parenthood, okay? And once you're actually a parent, you say, oh, Probably different. this yeah. isn't street shit. This is, a ne- this is next level. Well, I've mentored kids I and I never differently was rough with them. This isn't what I could relate to before. This is something completely, completely in another realm. That's what I'm trying to say to you is that once your perspective changes and you have the thing in your, ho- in your probably, arms. Probably, you're probably right. you go home from the hospital and you're like, oh, my God, they, they don't keep it at the hospital for another couple of days. It, it's mine now forever. I have to. This is 24 hours a day. Everything changes. But if that was true, scary. then no kids would it ever is. get it's hit. It's terrifying, man. You know what I mean? It's terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> Look who's talking. They're still going to do what they want sometimes. Yeah, if you were my kid, so, you'd so be murdered by now. So why would you now. hit the kid? Yeah, so why hit him? Because sometimes it does work. 
There but you if go. they never learn, no matter how much you hit them, why do you? Go, why would you but keep? Why would you keep doing something? Why keep doing something that doesn't work? Not every kid. Eventually, they will get the lead. No, they won't. Underneath, underneath your roof. No, you talk about. This guy's talking about repeated beating. That's crazy. You're creating a psychopath. Yeah, you are. You're creating a fucking hateful, angry yes, person. Yes, that can happen. Listen, all I talked about was a kid runs in the street with traffic. You grab him by his shirt collar, you smack him on his ass, he starts crying, and you go, "Don't yeah. ever do that again." And then later on, when you get home, yeah, you yeah, sit him down, right. and you have a talk with him. Yeah, true. Or you know what else? You can That's do? as far as I'm you talking about. What else about. you could do is you just grab me and say, "Hey, hey, buddy, listen. Look him in the face." Don't do that. The cars are dangerous. Guess what? Work. You're going to have to do it a hundred fucking times because kids always run in the street. But he's not your buddy. He's your son. You smack him on the ass, he's still going to run in the street. Okay, listen. Joe, we have a guy right here who caught a beating from his dad. His name I is Chris Maverick. caught a thousand beatings from but my listen. dad. Go ahead. Sorry. Did you learn anything from that beat? Yeah, my father doesn't fuck around. <laughs> I learned that straight out. That if I know... If they say, if they say to me... Did you stop that bad behavior after such beating? Yeah, I'll say what it was. I was I had to BB gun me and my friends in the sea. We were fucking blasting out car windows, house windows, the windows of the school. My father caught wind of that shit. He broke the fucking BB gun on my fucking head and beat my ass wow. down the block. He said, "Listen, if I tell you don't have to do something like that, you better fucking listen because I'm not playing with you." And Chris went on to become a highly educated, <laughs> kind person. He Otherwise, he would have been person. a nut. <laughs> <laughs> you know. but how old were you? Some, how old were you? I was 13 years old. 13 years old, okay. Now, this is... <laughs> but it could not work. That's there was some liability. It was not completely Serious liability you were you were, you were engaged yeah. in. Yeah, that was some shit. Chris, this is what I learned from getting beatings from my father, is I learned to fear him, and that I I hated his fucking guts yeah, yeah, for a long time. I didn't catch it all the time like that, though. And it will it was, never be... Know, and it will never like that, be that, yeah. the the that the the idyllic father son relationship where you you know what I mean like the the, the way the the bullshit fa- you know fantasy father son relationship that will never happen yeah because yeah. I immediately fishing and ice cream from the from the moment I could remember I feared my father and I can sit in a room and have dinner and conversations and laugh with him still but in the back of my head. I do. I had the worst thoughts you could have about a human after beatings. I used to, I used to imagine burning the house down with my parents in it, stabbing my dad in his sleep. Whoa. Okay, I'm just, I'm telling you the truth. After getting beatings, I would have the most wicked, evil thoughts you could possibly imagine after beatings, and I would never, I, I would, I would. This is the difference. Feel fucking horrible if I ever. Considered for a second, my son was thinking those thoughts about me. You you caught beatings. Chris caught one one yeah, beating yeah. for a good reason, and to him, it was smart that he got he beat and killed it somebody. Him. He was destroying so you, property. You were catching beatings probably for a bunch of bullshit, dumb shit. That's why I went to ask so, you. Did you get smacked? The whole na- the whole neighborhood was getting. Smack no, people's parents uh, were smacking other kids' kids like it was like free for all. Anybody can get beat so from anybody. Smacked for no particular reason. That's what you're saying. Low so level infringements, which, which I think is different. From yeah, what, yeah. What we're okay. About. It was anything. It was yeah. like you know. That's why, why I'm saying. Shoe there and not over there. I'm saying you're whatever. relating everything to your personal experience. His personal experience is much different. One time he get caught a beating because he's breaking windows. He could have ended up in jail. He could have killed somebody. His dad taught him a lesson, and the lesson was learned. You, you drop the potato chip on the on the floor, and you get a broken tooth. It's a different. You know what I mean? So 
Yeah. You know, of course, I'm not promoting doing what your dad did, but what Mr. Maverick Mattis did, I respect. There was kids in my neighborhood who get beat up for every fucking thing. And it never helped them at all. Yeah, <laughs> I can agree with what you're saying. Cool. Like, they didn't, give, they didn't give a fuck. Like, it, yeah, that's like, you know, where it's just abuse. They're in abusive relations. You know, they can yeah. beat fucking on the reg, and they just never learned anything. I mean, Joe, you know can, what you, I'm can you see the difference? Can you, can you see the line, though, between what you're saying and what Mav's saying? I, oh, for sure, there's a line there. Absolutely, there's a line there. But I, I am a firm believer now. Luckily, I've never been tested in it, you know what I mean? I, I'm sure it's coming one day. My son's 11. Kira's 21. Can't hit her She's anymore. She's getting ready to move out. You um, blew that whole option. She was... What did she ever do that warranted a beating? I don't Nothing. know. Like what, it's, what did Anthony ever do that I, that I would want to hit him for? Nothing. Nothing. So, like, but maybe if it day. ever comes and kids. he's shooting a car with, with BB guns, I'm, I don't think I would hit him. I don't think he would shoot a car with BB guns. I, I feel like I laid a proper groundwork for him to not shoot a car with BB guns. Not that your parents didn't. You, you know, what I mean, there's uh, there's outside influences, kid, neighborhood kids, and and some whatever, kids are just pressure. born nutty. They're born nuts right some off the bat. Some kids are just crazy. I got shot through the hand with a BB gun when I was a kid. What are you gonna do? Like that. I got shot right through the hand with a BB gun when I was a kid. Fucking around like that. I was, uh, three, the whole summer, my arm was in a sling. I couldn't move my hand for three months. When it went in the top of my hand, came out between my fingers. Went in right, see that little scar? Yo, you know, there's another, there, there's another thing there. that was never addressed. Couldn't play bass for the whole summer. By my parents. Oh, yeah. A little sidebar. I know tons of guys blew their hands off. I know a guy got a right, pipe bomb over, over his here, face. Guys, come on. Yeah, keep, it in the, keep it on the table, fellas. <coughs> there's another thing that was never addressed <coughs> by my parents, which was I had a crippling Tourette syndrome when I was a kid. Really? I a little bit of that. It was crazy. Yeah. You, don't, yeah. you don't have a trace of that now. I yeah, a little to, bit. Well, I have a trace, but I, I hide it very well. Uh, like this, look. Well, Every now and then. Yeah. But the, what you see me do now is I drum a lot on the table or on my legs. To let it out. Yeah. So when I was 11, I went to my friend's house. His dad had a drum set set up, and he taught me how to play a couple of beats. And uh, I picked it up pretty quick, and I could play drums. And I became obsessed with drums. And... uh by the time I was 16, all of these crazy nervous tics that I had, they basically all went into my hands, and I could get them out by drumming on a table. There you go. And it went away from my uh, my face. I used to. It went from the top of my head down to like my abdomen. I had all these like like a ritual of tics, tics and movements I had to make, or if I felt like I was going to explode if I didn't do these these weird. Jeez. Like jerky movements, Weird it's a very guy. bizarre thing. But I think Noodles has that. This was never addressed. He does dolphin flips in yeah. his sleep. I grew up. I grew up this way, and I was I was like squirming around doing fucking jumping jacks all the time, like weird shit. No wonder there was always and nobody. You. Nobody addressed it. Like nobody brought it to the. You know what I mean? There should be. I'm sure there's medicine for it or something. A therapist. I don't know what. They yeah, if that was my for, kid, I'd be for, like, uh, Jesus, what the fuck is wrong with you? But drums is a yeah. Drums was was what kind of worked for me, but it was never addressed. The detention's never worked for me. But so only by so, chance so did you get a do, cure. So what they would do was continuously hit me, and try to calm me down by hitting me. Yeah, it made it much worse. It just made me angry. It just made me mad, and I would then I would fucking 
it, it would make me do even crazier and crazier things because <coughs> there was like a root. I, I'm sure, I don't know what it was causing all of these things. You know what I mean from from the the root. If it was a psychological thing or a neur- neurological thing, who knows? But whatever was causing it was being completely scar tissued over by yeah, yeah, beatings and and uh, <coughs> being uh, you know pushed in the corner and try to like ignore it. Instead of instead of yeah, the key the key it, with know? any type of stuff like that, like trauma, I think you have to get to the root of it, and you have to have the uh, ability to 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 uncover the reasons why and exercise them. It's like a big monster; you take him out in the sunlight, and he shrinks. You know what I mean? But if you keep him in the closet under the blankets, it's gonna eat you alive. Exactly. I mean, that's what that's I found right. with when I used to uh, get high and stuff like that and drink a lot. You know, I used to I used to do some bad, some bad things. Nothing. I was never into hard drugs, like you know stuff. But I used to I used to do a lot of different things that weren't good. You know, I was on a destructive path. But nothing worked until I looked at the root of why I was what the feelings I had very much buried that made me do this type of stuff. You know what I'm saying? You got to kind of heal that from the from the ground up. It's, yeah, inside out. Yeah. yeah. But all of all of this stuff weighs into my decision about the discipline thing. It all weighs in, which is like kids are not just front pieces of furniture that you put in a corner. You cannot treat a kid like that. You have they have thoughts from the earliest age. They have thoughts and desires, and got to interact have, with them. They they're trying to work out what what it, where am I? What is this place? They're trying to work it out. So you have that's your job as a parent is to help them work it out, help them figure out who they are, what they're good at, what they're gonna what's gonna make them feel fulfilled in life, and if you have an ounce of fear between you and them. That's hindering your job as a parent. Mm-hmm. If there's fear between you and the kid, that's completely it's a barrier. It's blocking a barrier. your job. You're right. Yeah. You're, it, it's like, uh, like you, you know, you're trying to, you're, you're a whatever, a baseball player, and you'd say, oh, I'll, I'll be a baseball player one-handed. Why would you do that to yourself? That's why. Yeah, I, I don't agree with that though, because I think every person you deal with differently. Like if you talk about baseball, talk about you coach this guy one way, it doesn't work. You try a different way, okay, it works. This guy, you, you train the original way. Yeah, same you're with right, the child. You're right, but what I what I mean is, as a parent, fear yeah. is fear is a barricade. Not a barricade. Your friend, it's I not your you. friend. No. You might think it's your friend, but it's not your friend. I think it can be. Yeah, but you know, like it's like having. You're, that- and I'm telling <laughs> you that you're not a parent, so. No, but it's you're like, seeing it from. I'm from saying I don't have to be a parent to to say that. Joe was there voted father of the year seven consecutive years in a row for a reason. I have seen it from both him. perspectives, and I used to say what you're saying, and I ha- now see it from this side, and I say. But if it was just like that, then no one would ever hit their kid. That's not true because we're all flawed, and we all have we all have hangups, and we all have shit that we're trying to work out. So then you of, you somehow adults. know the best way to do it, and everybody else, whoever doesn't do it your way, they're just flawed, and there's something wrong with their head. Uh, I mean, that's what it feels like to me. Yeah. Okay. Well, we know right there that's not possible. There are more than one way to skin a cat, as they say in England. Skin. I don't a know cat why you want to eat a cat, but it's not a good reference when you're talking about discipline. Probably not. Kids. There's more than one probably way to do not everything. The best way, Joe. Richie's just one trying way. to devil's advocate here, so just go with it. There's not. There's not one Touchy way. No, subject, I know. Though, I, know. I know I'm right. I know that I'm right because mm-hmm. I have seen both sides. Have of the you fence. raised every child there is? No. How do you know you're right then? Because I have raised two. Okay. Awesome How many children kids. are there? 
I raised two great. I gotta ones say, from. his kids are real cool. Yeah, they are. His kids They're are great. real cool. You, I, if they were my kids, they wouldn't get touched either. But not every kid is like that. But you say that you hit him and you that you like you, you like I, I know those we're guys. trying to make jokes and stuff on I here, but like you them. say that kind of stuff all the time. I would touch them. Right. Like, there's nothing to, to touch them for. Kids have to be, you know. Yes, what, what if they if, do something instance, goofy. Let's say, all right, you've raised your kids, and let's say you're in a position you fostered a kid who had been through that sort of um, background and that childhood. It'd be a bit hard to obviously you'd have you'd have to carry on your method of raising kids. Onto this new member of the family. At that point, you would never be able to hit a kid that's already traumatized. That's in, that's I would think. interesting though because we have actually recently been talking about that, about foster kids. Because um, my my wife has a good friend who I have a story for you when you're done. For, uh, children and children and youth advocates or something like that. I, I can't remember the name of the organization, but um, there's about 700 <coughs> kids in the foster kids uh, system in Monroe County, Pennsylvania. 700 kids. I used to live with a lot of those kids when I was a kid. My parents always took them in. Yeah. So there's about 700. I think it's over 700 in Monroe County alone. That's yeah. insane. It's insane. That's My insane. uncle Tony. And these kids are more than likely damaged in some way. More My uncle likely. Tony fostered a kid with his wife. He lived in Oklahoma. This is back in the 70s when I was a little kid. Uncle Tony fostered a kid. Kid came into the home, was there for a while. Murdered Tony's wife with a knife, stabbed her to death. Tony came home, found him, murdering his wife. Took the knife away from the kid. The kid, he's, I don't know if he's still in jail or in a mental institution. but uh, And Tony was actually, went to visit the kid and brought him stuff years later. And like forgave him for murdering his wife. Because the kid, yeah. was, the kid was really troubled. Jesus but uh, it's a hard, hard story. And Joe doesn't want to hit the fucking kid. <laughs> it's a hard story, man. That's fucking um, sick. Tony was cool you, too. So was his wife. I was a little kid. I met him in Oklahoma, yeah, like at three years old. No, he passed. He's the oldest of my uh, uncles. And he sort of turned your son into a bad kid. That's one of my. You know, that's one of my concerns. Let me show you. No, that's one of my concerns about it. Absolutely. Like that. That was my first thought. Is like how or how is this kid gonna affect? Don't do it, Joe. Don't do it. My daughter's about to leave mm. and the thought of having no kids in the house is like it, it depresses me like i want mm. i love having kids around i love kids they're 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 fun i love the way their minds work and i just man i'd say it sounds mean to say this but i just don't want to be responsible for a fucked up Kid. Don't yeah. do it. John was a, you know, John Bloodclop was a, a foster. He was like in foster homes and he's got some yeah, crazy stories. And he tells me that he was a real handful to deal with because he was like, everyone's trying to get me. So I'm just going to rob these people. But at a certain point, he had a really good foster home, he told me, and he was really good to them and they were good to him. But for whatever reason, it didn't work out long term. So I guess it's a mixed bag. But what I'm saying is you got to watch because, you know. I mean, if you get that, a really disturbed kid, it could get crazy. Is that the right reason to foster a kid, though? Because <coughs> just because because you feel like you, you like having kids around, or it's a selfish reason? It, it is, is it, selfish. It, yeah. It's completely selfish, and um, that's why I that's why I'm I have such hesitation about it because I want like this. <coughs> I, I imagine like getting this perfect angel who just fits yeah. in perfectly, like you know, into my family, and and there's no 
no transitional problems, and then everything's maybe uh, you're gonna and get I damaged know that goods. That's not, that's but, not real. But if anyone could help a damaged kid, I would say it would be you. I think it would be you, but I think you need to do it for the right right reasons and at the right time later on after yeah. Anthony's older. Yeah, yeah. It's not one particular person. It's just like we were talking about the idea of fostering. You know. I mean, have you spoken to Anthony about it? Yeah, and he's I, against I, it. Then I'll think don't do it. That's, that's very Which is then. number one, like yeah, okay, we don't. I don't Maybe do we could satisfy your urge if we have Luke come over, run around in a diaper. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you just have another kid, Joe? Have another kid. I would kid. love to have Luke as my Joe. Have another Joe. Have another kid. My adoptive son. Have another kid. Have another it, Bambine. That's traumatic on on my wife though. She doesn't want that. You know what I mean? She's she's. Maybe a Luke and a diaper is a terrible solution. A kid for a long time, and she's kind of like over it. You know. Yeah. I don't think I can eat dinner just thinking about it. <laughs> Luke in a diaper I'm talking about. Luke in a diaper. Um, yeah, it's it's crazy. It's like a hard, it. touchy subject. That outside influence could make Anthony nuts. Don't yeah. do it. He's got it good. You got it good. I don't want to put it on him either yeah, he's to not. be responsible for making this other person, to, to, for kind of uh, training this other person. You know when you should do society, that? When he's you know? like 17, 18. Almost yeah. out. Then if you bring in like a six, seven-year-old, it don't matter. But you know what I mean? Yeah, let him finish his deal first. Yeah, he should. <laughs> no, you know what? If if there's beatings handed out in the house, then he calls me over. In, in my opinion, if there were, if there are beatings handed out, it should be from sibling to sibling, not from parent to child. It's easier to take from my brother, who I love dearly, and my younger brother, who I love dearly. I used to beat him. But we're like, somehow I can overlook those transgressions Uh uh, rather than coming from a parent. Richie, didn't your brother beat your ass a handful of times? Yeah. What, are you kidding? My sister, too, up to a point that she caught it. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Wow. Does that make sense? Yeah, listen, everything you're saying is making sense, bro. When it comes to that type of stuff, you know and you're a reasonable man. You're a good father. You're a reasonable man. So you're pretty much the authority here. So, And everything you're saying makes absolute sense. It's all intelligent yeah. and, and compassionate. We so, can yeah. all agree, though, that Craig shouldn't have a kid, though, right? I mean, <laughs> should have a kid, though. Shouldn't. shouldn't. I, think you'd be a co- I think you'd be a cool dad. <laughs> I mentored my nephew. I met him when I, he was 16. Yeah, I think you're. Oh. I think you're right though that if you don't, if you're not willing to say like, okay, I'm not going to tour for the first, you know, year, year and a half. How are you going to make? How are you going to pay your bills then? Right, right. Get a real fucking job. I got a real job. The farm. How's my, the farm? My job. Listen, you don't have good. to be there for every second of the thing. Your 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 girl's there. Your wife's there. You come home. You're there listen, for three the weeks. Kitchen, you know what? Julie, that's, yo, the, kid, the kitchen pipe's me. been leaking for a while, and my girl, it just burst last night. And my girl's like. She let me have it on the on text last night. Yeah, she's like fixing the pipes and stuff because I didn't fix it. And I'm like, I'll fix it. I got a week off. I don't want to fix it now. You didn't fix it. No, I didn't fix it. I didn't now burst. And now she, you know, I get what she's coming from. But yeah, what I'm saying is, you know, it's it's got to be hard when somebody's not there. You know, she's like doing plumbing. Yeah, totally. Yo, we had a show the night before Anthony was born. Yeah. And we, I went away the, I think it was the weekend after Anthony was born. We went to Belgium and did that. Um, 
What was that fest in Belgium? Black no, Black no, Fest. BFLBU Fest was that the one? Of course, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, uh, and and I and I took a train from London, like I flew yeah. to London by myself. Took a train because you guys were here with with a mushmouth already. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, but that was the weekend after Anthony was born. Oh yeah, wow. wow. And she never lets me forget it. That I, you know, you can't do that, man. Yeah, yeah. you you. Got, you, you. March twenty seventh, two thousand six. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. <coughs> I mean, come on, who cares? You know when he was born. If you, well, if, if you ask my dad when when I was born, he'd say who? <laughs> Where are we at now? Where are we at? Oh, I don't know. So sorry, we got. Well, there's no topic. This is how it goes. Yeah, yeah. We're gonna, yeah, we're gonna eat dinners in like, dinners in like twenty minutes. Flowing. I think. All right, we're gonna eat soon. We're having a good time in Switzerland. Sick of it all's playing with us tonight. Knuckle does playing with Tell us tonight. Bill. No turning back. Playing with us. Straight is playing with us tonight. Wisdom and Chains is playing tonight. We're all here. We got Evan eating chips. All he does is walk around in circles and eat all day. Luke is screaming and yelling, wearing a gold watch like a, like a Guido from the Bronx. Got the Irish boys here talking. To, oh, my bad, guys. The English boys here talking in a way. <laughs> Yo, I got a chance to uh, do some rolling with Nikki today. Is he any good? You yeah. throw him all over the place. Solid. Solid. You let him beat and, you? And he's rolling with four hernias. Oh, Jesus oh, Christ. Four that fucking hurts. hernias. No wonder this he beat dude, you. He got, he got backup. Yo, this dude's no Four of these hernia guys. Solid. Jack Sergey. Jack Sergey is no joke, man. Come on, Jack. Jack is no fucking joke. But man. one thing can't pass that guard. One thing it that Craig like, doesn't know. It took me like, like four rolls straight in a row to try to get past his guard, and then he popped right back out of it. But let me tell you this: He's one thing solid, that Craig man. doesn't know is that Luke actively challenged the biggest men here, Big Carl and Jotham. They said Luke can't get him down. Challenge him to what? Be specific, please. Just to take Luke down. Wasn't it 30 seconds? Simply to take Luke him down. Luke said that, that these two giant gentlemen, Carl and Joe, couldn't take him down in 30 seconds. No, no. These guys seconds. said first they could. Big Carl said, no problem. I'll do it so easy. No problem. <laughs> and Joe said, I've been training hard. I'll do it twice in 30 seconds. <laughs> and then Luke said, okay. So then the mats came out yesterday. Luke put a towel over his neck. He stretched it out. We showed up, me, his manager, showed up to their neighborhood, but they were surrounded by their new friends rolling around. It's very, you know, it's very like, you know, martial artists quiet. And we're talking. And we, and we said, hey, over here, who's challenging my man? And they bat both back down. They wouldn't do it. Well, they probably didn't want to blow up the spot they were in somebody else's house. No, no, no. no. It was the club. It was in the club. It sounds a little bit like the arm wrestling thing, though, doesn't it? A lot of talk, and then nobody steps up. Listen, these guys were kind enough to bring mats to train with us. The one guy has a tournament coming up this weekend. Yeah. They brought mats because they wanted to train with us, get a new look. Okay. Luke, who mentioned mats? They did, right? They said when the mats are here, we'll do it, right? I said I'll do it anyway. So now them bringing the mats means we're not going to do it. so imagine, imagine like a guy, you, like you're training at your boxing gym. Yeah, you're there he, to do work. You don't step on somebody you're there else's to do toes. Work, and, and a then, guy comes in with his manager. Hey, yeah, that's that doesn't I happen. I can do more push-ups than you. Yeah, it doesn't happen. Right doesn't. now, push-ups right now. And you're like, uh, yeah, okay, I'm training no with go. my friend. I'm it's training no. over like, here. Let's do it, and then he's like, you fucking that's pussies. Right. And then that's he walks right. out. And then he walks out. Fucking pussy, can't do more push-ups. Respect than the house. I won. I'm the champ. I won. Respect the house. You said I won because you didn't take me down twice. Okay? So that's that's basically the analogy. 
Um, should they do it though? Should they get it out of the way? Or? I, they, I I think both of them would throw Luke on the floor in thirty but, seconds. Okay, it throw already happened twice with Throw him down the stairs in thirty seconds. Let me tell you this. It already happened twice with Joe. Well, he couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. Joe did it happen with really? Big Carl yet? Okay. Did he try? He tried and egg slipped right out of it. Okay. Yeah, but he's like an egg though. This guy's like a, this guy's built like this guy's built like a softball. He's very hard to get down. Yo, Lucas. Yo, Lucas. Judo fast trips. As judo shit. trips. Lucas super fast. You have to grab him first. He's I like a little I, greasy monkey. I wouldn't Look call myself. I wouldn't call myself yeah, a fast shit. Look head. person. I'm talking. I'm like my manager speaks for me. Oh yeah. Yo, I wouldn't call myself fast, but I'm. De- I would say I'm deceptively fast for how big I am. Okay. But Luke, I've raced Luke how many times? Probably, probably six, seven yeah, yeah. foot races, and I lost every time. He's Luke, got you're still feet. foot racing feet. at the Canada? Don't foot race He's anymore. He's got feet like a deer. It's just like a little hoof. Yeah. It's just like a row of toes, like an elephant's foot almost, but but smaller. Very, He's very fast. He's fast. Very, very little. Now, do you, Craig, do you remember what Mickey called Rocky? A greasy chicken. A greasy Italian tank. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know the tattoo he has on his back, Sean? <laughs> Let me see. It's a greasy Italian tank. That's an Italian tank. tank. Oh, God. He's no. the greasy Italian tank. Nobody's getting him down. Nobody's catching him. Nobody on planet Earth. I, not I, Nikki. Not Jack. Not I, Big Carl. I would, not I Metro. I to get him down in 30 nobody. seconds. So listen, if uh, in a judo competition. You want to get him down in 30 seconds, you got to punch what, him on the what chin. Luke, this is what Luke right does. Right little, at a little head. All right. All right. I train judo and I train jiu-jitsu, okay? In judo, what Luke does is he's very good at avoiding you touching him. He's an avoider. But he would be disqualified immediately because you're stalling. The, the whole point is to engage. Because, because, yes. Any, because, yes. And, no. no, no, you're right. You're right. You're right. Luke, let me finish. It's the Willie Pepper You're not even talking into a mic. You're just, it just sounds like white noise. So listen, when, when you're just, the game is just to avoid... Okay, and what I realize right now, when the game is to just avoid contact with another person, that's called a relay race, I guess, okay, or something well, like that. Yeah. That's what Mayweather does, Listen, right? Luke, Luke, no, but Mayweather, Mayweather doesn't Luke's avoid. Luke's getting he wound up contact. here. We got to be careful. People. He's, he's going to take us right off the rails on this podcast. Yeah. Traditional takedown. You cannot take me down in 30 seconds flat. You said you could do it twice. You can't even do it once. Oh, manager. That you did say that twice. You could get him down twice in 30 seconds. And yeah, I probably I, I was lying. I couldn't. I can't get him down maybe twice. Maybe once. Who was he lying? Maybe uh, once. It's like it's like, kind of like the arm wrestle. It's maybe like once. I can, I will, I won't. All right, so let's get off that. Let's get off that. What are you talking about arm wrestling? What do you mean? I've been challenging Joe to an arm wrestle for, for some for reason. Months, out of the blue, for months, Craig Sakari texts me and Matt Joe, Yo, why saying do he can beat us. Challenge me. I don't at arm wrestling. What am I? Am I? Am I like a target? Why do people you know what it is? You're a, you're a giant, strong guy, and I'm really good at arm wrestling, and I, I want to test myself. Now, well, listen. A guy before this podcast started, you guys were at the corner table, and you were just about to do it. Then you started whispering sweet nothing in each other's ears, and it didn't happen. Like, what happened with we that? We decided to save it. Because we had the podcast tonight, and we didn't want to blow up the spot. We wanted to keep the tension in the air. Oh, is that what it was? See, without... Is that what it was? We wanted to keep it as a topic. The, I don't tension, topic. the tension of this thing... Shh, don't give it away. Yeah. 
You're right. But for, we I saved, think we that we'll never podcast. see a legitimate arm wrestling match. They have something premeditated where it's going to end in a draw, and they're going to make this big Listen, whack thing. Listen, He's smiling. He's smiling. We already know your gimmick. We already know your plan. We saw professional wrestling I'm before. I'm not saying I, I, I can beat Joe. I'm saying Joe can't beat me. That's what I'm saying. Do you yes. understand the mentality of that? You're both agreeing to for each other to... To have a draw. That's what no, no, doing. no. What I'm saying is I wanted to test myself against a guy that's literally twice my size and strong as a bull. And I don't understand the whole I don't win every. I don't win every time. I don't win every time. I win sometimes. Sometimes I, I lose against like sport. top like, guys. It's weird. Like, I'll challenge anybody here to thumb wrestling. We're friends, I'll be, though. I'll beat anybody here's ass at thumb wrestling. We're friends. You're two big guys. I figured a good, two, good three, target four, to go I after. Up my go. stock. Go. 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 Listen. Go. Had you? One, 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 two, one, two, one, two, three. Oh! I just got him! Joe, I got him! Joe I got him! Joe beat him! Joe, Joe, so just like Joe that, just I can beat win Luke in a regulation right, golf wrestle. I can wrestle. win in fake sports too. Can I ask you both? You lost, Luke. So I can win in fake sports Can I ask you guys both? Is there any deal to make this a draw? Be honest. No. A deal? A, a draw has never make. been discussed. All the whispering you did yeah. in each other's ears that we all whispered, that's odd to do Save before. Save it for no, the podcast. No, 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 the deal is for when it happens, not not what happens. It's when it happens. That's the deal. Yeah, there's no fixing. So why, does not, that have, why does that have to be a secret? Because, I don't know. It's between me and Craig. It's private to private. We just decided messages. to keep for the podcast sake. We decided to not do it today. We were like, it's it's, it's a good topic. It's, it's some energy in the room. Let's again. just... I'm gonna see him when I after this tour. I got time off when I come up to work on those tracks with you. And when you go to Albany, I'm gonna see him. When you guys are playing Albany, I'm gonna see you. I'm gonna see you guys. It's coming. When you guys come up and no, dig holes coming. at the farm and I put you to work for no pay, that's what I'm gonna. Say. <laughs> Is that what it was? I'm just joking. I'm just Damn. joking. We did a lot of work for him. That was for Armand. That little. And by the way, as you heard, Craig's gonna come up and do some more tracks with me and the incredible Danny on drums, who Luke despises and has attention with. I'm just kidding, Luke. Really. <laughs> That'll be Danny Schuler from Biohazard. Danny Schuler, what a machine, huh? Come on, <coughs> oh, he's a great man, great drummer. Great, Yo, great drummer. one of the best snare rolls in the business. Looks a great <laughs> man as well. Steady snare roll. All right, Chris, how you doing? You good? Should we wrap it? I only rip into you. It's about dinner you. time. Let's wrap it up. Non-publicly. Listen. Publicly, I love this you. This is going up, but I told you weren't uh-huh. here in the beginning of the podcast that we're going to do an exclusive one, just, just knuckle dust, because we have some serious questions for these guys. Yo. Crazy okay. stories. I felt like this was a good dust. podcast we it had today. Great. I feel like Very a topic good. shifted. Every chimed in. Yo, it was kind of nice. watching us, giving us dirty looks. Kevin Spacey's over there. Yo, I was doing... <laughs> yeah. What's up? Luke, how hard were you laughing last night? Uh, yesterday was fun. Did you hear me, Richie? Can you, can you no. do it? Can you do it on the podcast? I was uh, I was doing an imitation of Bert from oh, okay, across the hallway. It. Yes, yes, okay. <laughs> well, which one is the real Bert? By the way, our friend Bert, that's yes. the guy, when I say Putin, that's who we're referring to. He looks like Vladimir Putin, but he's Belgium. And Joe does a great imitation of Bert. Now, who's the real and who's the so, real? All right, who, this, we did this with Hoya. Who's real, who's not real? My, throw a quick Hoya in there for us. What up, nigga? Okay, now we're going to do Fantasy a Burt. Fantasy bullshit. Now we're going to do a Burt, who's real, who's not real. Number one, go. Shut the fuck up. Number two, go. Shut the fuck up. That's pretty good. <laughs> now, now who, who's the real Burt? Wow. Who's the fake? But now just do a little a little uh, a vocabulary for Burt. Who the fuck is talking out there? Be quiet. I'm trying to fucking sleep. <laughs> who the fuck is doing imitation of me? Shut the fuck up. 
Shut the fuck up, you all night of fucking farting, talking shit about it. Shut the fuck up out there. Who is that? Shut up. That's good. That's good. So there you go. Hey, Bert. Huh? Yo, why did the bell just do that? All right, very good, boys. Let's wrap it up. Thank you very much, Craig. Thank you, Pelbu. Thank you, Wima. Thank you, Ray. Thank you, Nikki. Thank you, Rusty, who was here earlier. And thank Chris you, Fast Break Records. Yeah, Make sure you always. pick up some new merch at FastBreakRecords.com. Go pick up that new Annie Up. People are really, I'm getting a lot of good feedback from about that Annie Up Hard song. Man, get and uh, I think they might have done pretty well in them pre-sales. So make sure you get that Annie Up. Get that Eating Alive still out there. Um, Lionheart's doing very well. Yes, killing it. Um, what else you guys got coming up? You know what? There's talk of a uh, split seven inch with all that Warren Shadow Rome. Oh, shit. Are you serious? Yes. Motherfucker. Are you serious? Yeah. Damn. Serious. <laughs> Why you don't believe me? Fucking fast break. Hopefully man. it works Pulling out. out Hopefully it works out. Brick by shit. brick is uh, it's been out. Yeah, brick yeah. by brick. Yo, we just played a good show with them. Sound of Revolution. They played yep. the uh, Warzone stage. Blew yeah. it up. They did really. They're over good. here right now. No, they just went. They went home oh, today. Really? But yeah, they had a great tour. Oh, we got a lot of the Eating Alive is still out there. A lot of stuff is still out there. Future uh, split was sick of it all. And so us. make yeah, go get that yeah, Mad Ball Wisdom and Chain that, split. But, you know. And uh, thank you guys. Support Fast Break Records, fastbreakrecords.com. And um, yeah, that's it. Peace. Peace. We out of here. America Podcast. The Post America Podcast.